Hey, what is going on, everyone? And welcome to a new episode of the Searchcast, Season 3, Episode 16, presented by Primal X Hockey and DraftKings. And we are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Zach Martin. I'm Kat Hunter. And with us today, we actually do have a special guest with us. Uh, Bailey couldn't make it. She's clearly not Bailey. she uh, she had some stuff going on um, that she couldn't make it, and she's going to see the Taylor Swift movie tonight, I guess. So I uh, hope she has fun with that at the cinema. But we do have uh, we haven't had him on in a bit. We thought you know what, it's a good time to have a you know friend of the podcast back. And we got Colin Madewell from Home Ice Advantage joining us today. Colin, how are you doing tonight? And thank you for coming on at the last one. I know it was like, hey, we're recording in like five minutes. Can you come on? But we appreciate you. Yeah, when, when they say last minute, I want to clarify. I was walking around Lynn Lake with my dog. <laughs> what I do on Fridays. I like to give him a nice workout before bed. I'm not going anywhere tonight. Just walking around. that message from Zach. Hey, could you be on the podcast? And I was like, yeah, no problem. When are you recording? He's like, two minutes? Can you do that? I want to clarify that I didn't know you were coming on until I got on. And Zach goes, by the way, someone else is coming. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Did you at least tell her who it was? Or was it like a surprise when I appeared on the screen? No, I, I, told, her, I told her it was you. So It would have been better if you just waited. I was like, you'll see. See, I, I did Not that once. I, 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 I did that, I think it was the second time. or the first, I think it was the second time we had Mike Maniscalco on. I surprised the mother. Like, okay, hey, I knew it probably wasn't him. I knew it wasn't someone to that. No offense, Colin. I knew it wasn't someone to that caliber because you wouldn't have let Bailey miss out on that. You wouldn't have let Bailey miss out on that. Like, she would have been very upset. Okay, so what true, you're saying but... is that Mike Maniscalco is a big ordeal than I am. Is that what this you're is, saying? This is why I... I'm his number one. He told it to me. This is why. <laughs> don't, hey, don't look at me, Colin. It wasn't me this time. That's being disrespectful. At least I'm being nice. At least I'm being yeah, nice. I was about to say, Zach just became my favorite host. Interesting. Okay. Bailey doesn't count because she's under. Hold, hold on. Your, fa- I, your I, favorites I change like the weather. No, it's really not. It's been not <laughs> Zach this whole time. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I, we have a. Beef and I use I use an air. It is, it is a uh, everyone listening to this podcast act like you don't hear it. It's a pretend beef that we only bring out when I'm bored. That's what it is. Essentially, yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing that what the fancy duck boys do to me every day on Twitter whenever I just post something. Oh no, that's it, real. That's I've talked to him. That's hundred percent real. Core. Yeah. No, um, yeah, no, it is. It, it is. You know, you know, I, I try to act like we're cool, but you know, I think secretly they just don't like me. But you know what? I get you. You only make it when you have haters. So I guess I must be doing something right. <laughs> Bingo. But so tonight, um, we weren't. We didn't know we were going to do an episode right after the game from the home opener. But we thought, you know what, we kind of good. You know, get talk about the home opener, talk about the game against the Senators, kind of preview the road trip and stuff like that. Just get our thoughts about it. Um, go over some stats, some news as well. So. It, no, it's not a super jam-packed episode, but it's gonna be enough to where if you're on a commute or if you're taking a small road trip somewhere, you got something to listen to on your, you know, on your travels. So, and unlike what Howie says, it's not gonna be ten hours long. So just, yeah, I have a strong out at eight. So <laughs> strong out at eight. A cat's and to be clear, at eight p.m., eight hours. Like. <laughs> I only can be on for eight hours and that's it. One shift and I'm <laughs> yeah. um 
But no, so that yeah, the Hurricanes uh opened the season on Wednesday against the Ottawa Senators. Just like against Columbus, kind of a slow start. Was down early. But uh yep, they embraced the cause chaos. If you're yeah, for those who are listening and not on the YouTube version, Kat's holding up the very, very nice cause chaos flags, uh flags, towels <laughs> from Wednesday night. Like, how nice are these, Kat? Because I know a lot of people were kind of meh about the playoff ones, but how are the opening night ones? Really nice. Uh, they're a little bit of that, like, water-wicking material. Like, they're just okay. real clean and smooth and lightweight. Honestly, I was carrying, like, honestly, two or three of them, and I kept checking to make sure I had more than one towel because they're just <laughs> very lightweight. So uh, they're mm-hmm. nice. The feature with the lights on the corner of them, when you wave them and the lights go on, it's – really nice and they don't stay on like it's only when you're moving the towel so uh right. it was really well done so for everyone that was a little peeved about the towels from last playoffs uh the canes definitely made up for it with the opening night ones no for sure i do want to ask both of you this though i guess colin we'll start with you like the the graphics already to start the year the hype videos the cause chaos thing and stuff like that and just the videos have been absolutely amazing what are your thoughts on all of that just to start off the season there uh dan latorica who's the vice president of something i'm sorry i don't remember his exact title but basically he runs marketing media <laughs> uh, stuff like that i'm gonna i'm gonna double check to make sure because we can't do dan like that because i don't want to get a message saying you forgot what i do totally whatever dan don't care about your title you're important you do great work um <laughs> But last year, he on your guys' show and on mine, he said that the team uh, had hired a bunch of new staff, that they were really gearing up for the new season. And, you know, at the time, no offense, I was like, well, this is, of course, you're going to say that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's what he's supposed to say. But they knocked it out of the park. The uh, the videos have all been like, oh, my oh my God. Yeah. Type of videos looks... rather than I watch it. No offense to some other professional teams, but you'll watch their hype videos. And you're like, I could have done that on my phone I mean, on my way to the game like, I mean, what are you doing I mean, I mean friend of the podcast Jules Moore does videos better than a lot of teams so I mean that you're pretty much spot on oh uh, Dan Lataraka is the vice president of marketing just so we're clear <laughs> he's an important man don't care about the title sorry Dan <laughs> um yeah it was he alluded yeah just like Colin said he alluded to the fact that they had a lot of good things in store and we saw how great the graphics and everything from Jack and them were at the end of the season for the playoffs. And just Mm -hmm. to stay on that train, just rolling through it. Like they had some great graphics, uh, a very similar one to the playoffs where he had the uh, Senator helmets uh, kind of going under the water. Um, But the, the opening that I look forward to every year, I always love the hype, like the opening video when the Mm -hmm. game starts and the one they had this time, it was just the cause chaos, the robotic voice saying, take like take warning, there's a hurricane approaching. It's just yeah. like it gets you like just get chills because you're like, this this team is ready to go. It gets you fired up. Listen, it's- especially in the building. There was nothing better. Like they oh, yeah. uh they released that stuff online too. So I I had already previously seen it. But still when you're in the building. And but it wasn't the full one. It you. wasn't the full one. The the one they had online was like a tidbit, but the one at the they played the full no, they released thing the, the full arena. thing later on. Yeah, they after did the game. Oh, yeah, okay. well, yeah, that, was yeah, one, yeah. that was that was one. The there was like a sneak period, preview right? before opening, like the day before hours. I don't remember. Sometime prior to the game, and then after yeah. the game, they released like the full. What was it like ninety seconds, two minute one? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something so I, I know, highly I knew recommend. Was the one that did yeah. Highly recommend when the boys finally get back to PNC after this long <laughs> uh, run across the country. Uh, that if you're going to a game, get there in your seats early enough to see whatever their intro is because you need to see it at least a couple times a season. Like it's so good. Yeah, no, they get your beers early. <laughs> Well, yeah, the, apparently they've got a lot more beers now uh, from before even the season started. They announced a whole slew of different ones. Now, it's not just Storm Brew. Now they got, like, different IPAs and different interesting flavored ones, too. So I know a lot of people are kind of like $8 now for a Storm Brew. I mean, hey, you just signed Sebastian Auto a huge contract. You got to make some money up somewhere, right? <laughs> That's still cheaper than basically everything else. Like, I don't know. It is. My, my Labots are thirteen fifty. I just, I can't. I can't with the, nope. Storm Brews at non-Canes games or thirteen fifty. They actually get yeah. discounted for Canes games. And no one talks about that when they complain about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's the 16-ounce cans. Yeah, they're like thirteen fifty or something like that. I'm like, I'll just yeah. go grab the 12-pack for like whatever that is for the smaller cans. And I'm good with it. Don't pretend like you can get a 12-pack. All, all we need. Not down here, I can. Need... That's how they go to North Carolina to get it. <laughs> All we need, though, is we, we talk. Uh, we need that uh, Marty Party. Uh, oh yeah, his, longer, his new yeah. drink that uh, he announced. We just need them to put that somewhere in PNC. That would be great. Yeah, that would be nice. Hopefully, you know, maybe they'll work something out. So, because it's still with R and D Brewing, so why not? I mean, you already got one, why not the other? For any of us that like didn't make it out to that event, that would be cool. Yeah, it's it. It definitely seemed like a great event. So, Colin, I have to ask you. So. Um, you have to listen to the podcast, you know, keeping up with you, everything that's going on. What's it, um, how is it going so far with, you know, the, the shorter formats, you know, like 50, like 10, 15 minute shows, and then go be able to go all the practices and stuff. Like, how's well, that, uh, how's that weeds early? Per, what, like pursuing this full time? Is that your thing? You full time? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Brand new adventure. This, I, I missed uh, practice today for the first time. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I didn't, was, I didn't know they were. He was I, walking the dog. No, I was. Oh, uh, they practiced yesterday, and it was mm-hmm. a uh, it was a limited group. There was like five players there. I didn't yeah, even stay no, the whole no. time. I left early. No offense, but uh, there was nothing. There was no information to gain really. And uh, so today was the first time I missed a practice. But it, I mean, it's it, it's. I'll tell you a quick story. The the day before opening night, I, I've been working on this long form story for longer than I should have. But I've been working on this long form story for a while that I, I, I fell into the weeds on a history thing. Don't worry about it. You'll see it eventually. But I was complaining <laughs> about it uh, on opening op- the morning of opening night. My husband woke up and I was already in my office, like typing away. He was like, hey, good morning. He's like, leave me alone. I'm tired. And he's like, what? I was like, I woke up early this morning. Leave me alone. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm writing. And he's like, about what? Hockey? Shut up. What? 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 So the the whole point of that is that it, it, hockey you sound has... sound like a joy to be like. I, <laughs> I make good food. Uh, I provided a good lifestyle for a while there. Uh, you know, there's trade-offs, okay? I know how to make good Papa John's pizzas, okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> I never even said that. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, hockey, you know. has, <laughs> hockey has shifted from, uh, wow, uh, 
I can't wait to watch it to be like, oh God, I need to go read this 15 page whatever to make sure I don't miss out. It's still fun, don't get me wrong. It's still hockey. And sometimes yeah. I have to remind myself of that. But and the short form podcast has made everything much, much simpler to do. Because instead of having to find all the storylines I want to talk about, mm-hmm. I'll just think of that one thing that day and be like, okay, cool. And then I talk about it for 10 minutes, I'm done. I can go focus on someone else. Yeah, because I think I know you're I think the what the power play one was, I think that was the shorter one. I forget which one you did. It was like 20 minutes, it was kind of like the longer one, but uh yeah. expectations. I, I did yes, I, and that was only was. meant to be like five minutes. I only <laughs> it out, so I know how long I'm supposed to be talking, and then I kept talking and I just kept <laughs> coming up with other things. I also said something super incorrect during that episode, and I didn't realize it until the next day that I said that Bournes had played for the Sins. Which isn't true. I was thinking of Carlson when I said it, yep, but yeah, no one called me on it, so we're just gonna let it go. Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about calling the ECHL the East Coast Hockey League, which hasn't been a thing since like no, the early two thousands. As I said, it, it will always be the East Coast in my heart. I don't care. <laughs> I thought that's what you were gonna go for because I actually did say something on Twitter about it. I'm like, hey, just so everyone knows because I've heard this like four times already. It's not that. <laughs> the commissioner of the ECHL could be standing in front of me. And I would still be like, oh, you're the commissioner of the East Coast Hockey League? Like, <laughs> even, though they, even though they just announced they're going to put a team in Lake Tahoe, but sure. <laughs> no, East Coast. Everything's the East Coast until you hit the Pacific. Like, you have to actually be standing on the beach. I mean, it's like the different sport, but it's, I mean, it's like the teams over in California joining the ACC, like. Whatever you want, whatever you want. We're, we're not going to talk it's about It's called that. the National Hockey League, yet there were teams that are international. So I don't listen. We're not. We're, we're just splitting hairs at this point. <laughs> just splitting hairs. A little bit. But, uh, but so, Kat, I want to get your opinion. So opening night, obviously you were there, got the towels, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Like, like what, was the, what was the atmosphere like in the building? Because unfortunately, I was at, I was at home. Stuff like that couldn't be able to go. I went to it last year against Columbus, which was a lot of fun. But like, how was it? You know, on Wednesday night for this one. So I, I mean, I've I've seen multiple things people talk about it. So the intro, all of it was great. Uh, if you want to see like not only a a first timer at an opening night, Peter and Coin had a really great oh, video. That was such a, she posted such about a great it. Video. Um, and I've also seen people mention this. There, I don't know if there is a coach that is celebrated as much as the Canes celebrate Brendan Moore. His, I'm pretty sure his ovation coming in was louder than any of the players. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like Corey. Yeah, Corey Lavalette said something about it. I think um, Walt said like Walt said something about like Mike. Yeah, it seems like everyone who's was there covering the team that night was like, "Yep, everyone loves Rod," <laughs> which is, I mean, it's true. So it was honestly, it just felt so good to be back. Like the the preseason had like some like it had energy, but like it was just that whole different feeling of like we're back in it. Um, yeah. It was it was really good. Uh, the energy was great. There was tailgate, great tailgating going on. PNC was I'm I mean book solid. Like it was. Uh, I every now and then I was like, oh, there's a couple of seats, and then no, nah, not anymore. So um, there must have been people standing just in the, the hallways. Well, yeah, um, they, yeah, because I think I forget where it said it was like what a hundred and one point something percent last night, which was like tops in the entire league on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah, like it's cra- it's crazy to think that we actually went over capacity on opening night. 
we by percentage of capacity we led the nhl and i think we were only like a hundred fans short of matching toronto's total that night yeah something crazy like we were represent everyone represent yes (laughs) definitely you know what we were gonna save it for the news portion but i think it fits perfectly well just how great the fans are and stuff like that so the hurricanes announced um in terms of cities to ticket members they set the record for the most sold this upcoming season. I think the I think there's I, only like 40 left, right? Yeah, less than at this 40. point, there's less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when it came out about 22 hours ago, yeah, they were less than 40. So there's a probably a good chance that we're probably down to 30 or 20. But for the fact that for the first time ever, they are almost capped out. It's it just speaks to what Dundon and Brenda Moore and Waddell and everyone in their organization has done. I mean, yeah, most of us can't afford a house, but will we get season tickets? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even comparable. I could, I could get mm, 12, 15 seats season ticket wise, and it would still be less than a mortgage payment. And in, in Raleigh, <laughs> Maine, Raleigh, there's, there's also a little piece to this that Dundon spoke on. I don't know. Sometime in the preseason. Don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember the date. But someone was asking him about ticket sales in PNC. And he mentioned that they were gonna have to consider capping the season tickets soon. And I don't remember some team just recently, some NHL team just recently capped and were like, We're sold out on season tickets. And they were bragging about it, like our fan base is amazing and incredible. And Tom Dundon, without flinching, as he does, threw so much shade of like, yeah, we didn't want to cap like of the arena. It wasn't just going to be 50% season tickets. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a high percentage of the, uh, of the building is sold out basically every night. I think, what was it? 31 sold out games last year. Yep. 30, yep. 31 last year confirmed by the team. And I've made a joke. I tweeted at the team and said, Oh, are we going 41 for 41 next season? Yeah, I was, that's where I was (laughs) taking this. There was a real chance because of the amount of seats that are already uh, pre-sold to season ticket mm-hmm. members that 41 out of 41 Hurricanes games this season inside PNC Arena would be sold out. Which is unheard of. Like If you ask, if you even asked us five years ago, I'd be like, there's no way we're going to get anywhere close to that. Like last year, six years ago, we were averaging 11,000 fans a game. Six years ago. Back yeah, when and tickets were $14. Um, it, but Cheaper than that. Like you're, you probably go to a game for like eight bucks. That part. Yeah. You but, can get I low bowl tickets to twenty something. Yeah, but it exactly. Only to, like we still have renovations to go on. Like we're still gonna like you know, <laughs> yeah, make it nicer. So like yeah, we're like close to like capacity, but also we're gonna be expanding a little bit. So I mean, yeah. It, it, so why, it are you bra- why are you gonna brag that you can't afford any more fan? Like can't get any more fans in your building? Like you always want to get more in because that's. That's what people do. It's yeah. you can inflate your actual fan base. If, well, we sold out of season tickets. How much does your building hold? Uh, Eighteen thousand fans. How many season ticket memberships have we sold? Eight thousand. Well, that's not really selling shit out, is it? It's not even having no. a building. I mean, hey, you could be like Toronto and have basically suits in the lower bowl and be just deader than a church at that point. That it's just. It, like I said, it just goes to the show. Like we saw it last year, second in the league in attendance, highest ever 
like I said, we're already almost capped out to season ticket merchants. Who knows? Like you said, Colin, who knows what the percentage is? But for the fact that they've they're already there, and we're one game into the season. Of course, this is after a summer of getting Bunting or Love, the run that they went on last year, and just the, getting the extension in Sebastian Aho. It it's really it's really sh- and of course the lease deal. Now they're going to be there for the next <laughs> forever in a sense so it, it just goes to show that when you get an owner who puts all of his effort into the team spending to the cap actually trying getting good runs five straight playoff appearances three straight division titles it goes to show if you can do something like that you can get fans involved and invested and for the fact that the hurricanes are kind of lucking out on cashing in at the right time when the hornets and the panthers are not doing really good at all well, you're, not, you're, I mean, what do you mean the right time? That's been yeah. What do you mean well, the right time? You mean that's always <laughs> yeah. It went from I was three try, major I was, teams that were bad was, to only two. I was trying to be um, nice. I was trying to be no. nice, but the point is, it's the, the Carolinas <laughs> are becoming a. It's I won't even say it's a territory. It's becoming a hockey territory. South Carolina needs to catch up a little bit, but North Carolina is definitely a hockey state. Yeah, I would never live in South yeah. Carolina for that very reason. I feel bad for I people mean, who do. So anyway, as someone that used to live in South Carolina, I'm going to move past that too. Um, so, but yeah, back to opening night. Uh, it was, yeah, it was electric. I had a lot of, I had a couple of people that was their first NHL game with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all about it. Um, so it was just an over the top experience. Great. Um, I will say for, for me, uh, I thought it was funny. So, the, like, the last preseason game, I thought the boys came out buzzing more than they did the first period of this game, which was fine. Like, that makes sense. It's their first game back on, like, it actually counts. Like, you're thinking yeah, it through. Yeah, it's open. Even though it was, like, the everyone, same lineup and everything. I think it's, everyone's It's just, a different animal. Yeah, everyone's jacked up because it's open and now you got the ceremony. Yeah, the was, crowd's out going absolutely ballistic. It, it's the same yeah, thing yeah. when you retire someone's number. Yeah, they spend same, so yeah, much time standing in the hallway, waiting for their name yeah. to be called, running through the smoke. Standing at the line, and oh, even like Kim Ward night for Hall of Fame, same thing. It's just, yeah. that's just how it was. And, yeah. and I mean, and plus too, I mean, we ran with eleven seven on Wednesday night. The Kings don't usually do. Well, that's that. what they also. That's what I'm saying. They also ran with that the last preseason game when I thought they played really, really well. So yeah. I was just. It was a note. It was me noticing that yeah. we were a little no. rusty coming well, out, well, which that, well, it would have the... looked like. Yes, Zach. No, God, you're good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought uh, we were supposed it, to talk over each other. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, it was. <laughs> it was really. It was great. So the first period was a little rusty. Mm. Um, honestly, the only ones that came out to play or seemed to have no rust was the um, Marty Stahl, Foss line, mm-hmm. um, Slavo, of course, and Anderson. Anderson looked good to start like the whole way through. Um, and it was it was nice to see the boys kind of wake up and get into their groove. But it was especially nice to see our captain ready to go from the get go. Like he was ready to put in the work. He was his whole line was just buzzing. Yeah. Um, so as much as everyone thought that I was coming after Aho, I wasn't. I was just noticing <laughs> that he was a little slower than. And they were like, "What's well, the first period?" And I'm like, "It doesn't matter. He's still rusty. It's still, he's still rusty." My observation was not incorrect. It also wasn't a judgment. A lot of people were 
Um, I mean, KK passed Slavo for that goal. She was, she set off my. She hates Sebastian Aho. That's <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you, but you, like you, you know, hockey's back when people are already. But like, <laughs> but like KK's pass to Slavo for the goal was gorgeous. But mm-hmm. even earlier, like a period before, I was like, "Ooh, KK, you gotta tighten up those passes, dude. Like those aren't normal for you." And then he got that, and I was like, "All right, we're getting into form. We're getting there." Aho is throwing more hits than he has in his career i think it was a career hard hits for him that game even though he was getting clobbered as well uh Um, i believe was was mm -hmm. but overall it was in kane's fashion that we kind of rallied back like Mm -hmm. i was never worried that we were out of that game even as rusty as we looked starting i was never worried that we were out of that game because we had so many opportunities at the get-go even when we weren't playing our best so if that's going to be our first game back um, as the and as the favorites to go all the way, um, and we're rusty. That's fantastic. Like you can only get better from there. If yeah. that's if that's the if that's the rust and the like, hey, we're not playing our best. Then good grief. Just I mean, going up and up. Yeah, well, that's how it was last year. They had a slow start against the Jackets, done one nothing, and then just rattled off four straight and won the game. That's just kind of how it was Wednesday night as well. You know, down one nothing after the first period. Second period, you get a power play goal early for Michael Bunting with, you know, right place, right time, picked up a great rebound, put it home. The celebration was amazing. And, of course, you know, everyone just – Yeah, because besides that, the power play one for six. No, listen. <laughs> I, the penalty kill. PP1 looks so much better. I understand. Corpus I understand really it has good. to produce. Corpusell is really good. Let's be like, let's not let's not take any credit from away from him. He's, no, no, no. He it's never goalie. when the goalie is stopping it. I never have a problem with it. When we're struggling to get into the zone, is when I'm like, guys, <laughs> guys. But when they were in the zone and actually moving, yeah. Bunting, listen, this is a secret. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Bunting was a net front presence, like really huh, though. Huh, he was I, taking I, away I, goalies' eyes. He was fighting for space. Don't tell anyone. I don't think Rod knows because it's just yeah. not what we do. But Bunting I, was there. I think that's well, to Nason knows to that too. I think that's kind of the reason why the Hurricanes brought Michael Bunting in because he can have that net from presence. 23 goals in the last two seasons each. A lot of them were on the power play and being the net front guy. So I think they're I think he's doing what the Hurricanes needed him to do was get the greasy goals that it's kind of eluded the team for the last few years. So it's good to see that early, you know, great goal by him. And then the goal by Tara Vinen, talk about getting the monkey off his back early, dropping to one knee like he's like he's proposing to someone and just absolutely slots Hands it up. driving. Rocky, let's go. Because you knew, you knew he wanted that. He wanted that so oh, bad. The fact that it squeaked so close to Corpus Allis skating, he was so stretched out, too. I thought, like, I, I'm surprised he didn't. I, I, I don't know. I didn't see it close enough if it skidded under or just beat him by so the hair. It, it looked like it, it kind of touched right the under. Yeah, it went right where his skate went right over and it slipped in right. That's why you got to keep the pad on the ice. God. Yeah. <laughs> you should be happy he's not our goalie. <laughs> yeah, we, we knew he won that one. Please ever get beat five hole. I mean, we know that. <laughs> yeah, but never a soft goal. No, no, never a soft goal. But you kind of knew that you know Tavo wanted that. Like, Twelve goals last year. We all you know, we all know what happened. He, it was it was a tough year for him. He kind of struggled. He was you know really good on the penalty kill. You know he's still a good defensive forward. Scoring just wasn't there. But to get the first one out out of the way early, you'd love to see it for him. Um, 
And then how about Jordan Stahl, though? With the silky mitts, like 20 seconds into the end of the third period, like if you, if you want to get the crowd fired up, just do that <laughs> what, early in the period. What a... I, I still don't know how the Taylor Vining thing is going to work out uh, when Svetch is healthy. But just yeah. no mistakes on that line. Jordan Stahl's line is just I – mean, I shouldn't say no mistakes. They made a couple mistakes. But nothing that was like, oh, my God. And they do so I mean, many great just, things. They do they, so many they got a They got a penalty shot. They literally they yeah, but that wasn't deserved. Calm team. down. Jesper Foss did not deserve that penalty shot. <laughs> he he really he really didn't. That was even I would say that was like that's kind of a yeah. soft call. I, it I was it, it almost I, seems I like he like fanned on it shirt, on purpose to be like I I don't deserve this. Like I I would call but, a penalty you know, still, but not a, not a penalty. I'll shot. take it because <laughs> they gave them a goal with too many men on the ice, and we got some phantom calls on our own. So. It was, oh, 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 you mean the, the refs weren't in midseason for me, though. I'll give you that. So, so, what you're saying was, oh, I mean, like, what was it, the Brett Pesci high sticking call? I was watching the game and I was like, where the where the freak even was Brett Pesci? I'm watching Marty, he, he Marty Man, follow this man mean? around the ice, literally wins the puck, and then they call a high stick on Pesci. And I'm like, where was Pesci? He wasn't, what? <laughs> yeah, well, I saw the replay of it. Then sick never even got up and touched them. Like they were kind of just tied up, and that was it. There, there was no high sticking. They just. I know, and Chris, Chris, if he's listening to this right now, he admitted too. I, t- I called him out during the game, and I said, "You don't even have a full roster, but it doesn't matter because the refs are giving you extra players on the ice." And he goes, "I know. I watched the replay." <laughs> Big, yeah, big shout to Chris and Claire on the boys from uh, talking some sense with a shout out on their last episode for us. So appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of t- even Rod said it too. He's like, you could tell he was already getting frustrated. Like just all these tic tac penalties. I think we had like what there was eleven penalties called in that game on Wednesday night. Six for the Hurricanes and five for the Senators. Absolutely insane. Like just how many calls? Yeah, uh, and they, if we they were calling call- everything. At- if we get a penalty call, half the time it's they get a penalty call and we get a penalty call. So it like balance it balances itself out. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah. game management. You don't know about game management? Come on. Yeah, what's game management? Um, I heard that. I, w- it, I heard that's like ghosts. Like everyone kind of thinks they exist, but you don't know for sure. They're just no. there. But if Tim <laughs> Peel has taught us anything, not only does it exist, but they all oh. do it. Yeah, no, he is right. Um, so of course, you know the thing that kind of the Hurricanes. Very rarely that they do this, but they did give up a shorthand a goal. Um, and then not too long after, Tim Stutzla tied it because I guess Freddie was still trying to recover from the shorty. They just gave up like nine and thirty. Too many seconds. men on the eyes. Too many men on the eyes. That Let it too. go. You got the win. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, luckily, not too long after, you know, Bray Shea does what Bray Shea does. Hits a clapper. Gets the lead back for three. He does get the game winning goal at the end of the end of the whole thing. But then uh, Jacob Slavin does what he does best: snipe a goal from the most ridiculous angle I've ever seen, and that was a shorty to like offset their shorthanded goal. And I think yeah, Kat, because yeah. K KK and Jarvis just absolutely was schooling the Sins defense. Like two, those two were just tearing them apart piece by piece and then they to get it to Slavo and for Slavo who won the accuracy contest I will always do this claim to fame of his won the accuracy contest for the all-stars of course sneaks it in there and he's done that shot 
multiple times. Yeah, I think and he did it. To, I forget, was it the gorgeous. Islanders? That, well, I think it was the Islanders last year he did it too as well, where he snuck it in like right above the, like right by the goalie's head. And it, he knows how to, he knows how to get the puck in a tight spot. So, I mean, you love to see it. Great. And of course, you know, made it 5 3, kind of put it at the end of the, at the end of the game. And Hurricanes win. You love to see. I think it's, I think Colin, was it you or someone else that said, I think it, I think it might have been you that said it's like what, five straight? Games they've uh, won? yeah, so this is the On fifth opening night? straight opening night game they've won and the eighth where they've gotten at least a point. I thought so because I remember I don't know, I think it was Instagram I saw that or somewhere. I know I saw a video. It was in about. the pregame notes. I I stole that from Kane's PR, like the PR staff. So I'm putting that out there. <laughs> I did not do that research. No, but I but I know you were talking. I mean, I knew you were yeah. talking about it, so I you know I just I I don't want to say I ripped it. I was like, oh I I knew that. I I had to give credit I, to the person I want to be clear. <laughs> I'm also saying I didn't. Thank you to Michael, Mike Brownie, and uh, David Hyborg. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, those guys are amazing. If you're not following Kane's PR, what are you doing? Just do it. Um, but yeah, overall a great game. And talking about Hurricanes PR with his shorthanded goal that night, Jacob Slavin has now tallied 13 career shorthanded points, three goals, and 10 assists, which only trails uh, Mark Giordano of Calgary, Seattle, and Toronto with 11 goals and seven assists. Um, for the league lead among defensemen since he made his NHL Hurricanes debut in 15-16, and his three shorthanded goals have also tied Justin Falk for the most by any Hurricanes defenseman since relocation, and he is now one shorthanded goal shy of matching Mark Howell's franchise record for blue liners, which between 1979 and 1982, four. So pretty good company from Mr. Uh, Jacob so, I mean. We say he's not, he doesn't take offensive chances, but then we're, here we are, shorthanded, the most scariest time to kind of pinch. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. again, he won the accuracy shooting. He knew he was, had the shot. He was like, might as well spin yeah. a minute. Yeah. Opening not? night. You know what I mean? Like the magic yeah. was there. Yeah, why not? Um, and continuing on this very cool thing of stats, because we love talking stats here. Of course, we got to talk about Keen's stat brand. If you're not following them, please do that. Another great account to follow. Seth Jarvis played two minutes and 53 minutes of shorthanded, which is a new career high. And just very cockamamie, also recorded his first shorthanded assist of his career that night as well. So Seth Jarvis also had seven hits that night, which is a career high for him as well. Yeah. I only know that because of fantasy, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think I saw somewhere it was I think I've seen some places like seven or eight. So I mean, either way though, that's still a huge. I think Aho got eight. There was a ton of hits thrown. Yeah, the the, the boys were out there. Yeah, because we were playing one of the Chuck E. Cheese brothers, of course. <laughs> no, we, no. Listen, quick side point. I have respect for the Hughes. All three of them. Respect for all three of them. <laughs> the whole family. family. <laughs> Great for you guys. You know, I want you to lose. But a great family. I hear they're very so respectable. Family. You know who I don't have respect for? If you had to take a wild guess, if those, you know, Ked, I'm happy you brought up the Kachucks and how much they. <laughs> it's funny. I we, we get into these debates all the time on if uh, hockey's uh, Tornado Ray fans. As someone who has spent time in trailer parks, you know what the Kachucks remind me of? Trailer park boys. <laughs> Because they do not care, they're just here to start problems. 
Dude, they, he went after, if anyone didn't notice, I don't know what you could see it if you watch it from home, but Brady decided to go after Jordan Saul. Yeah, at the, the end of the over. game. We, yeah, we, I, we, they, and they the, caught, and they, the they image caught, looks, it, the image is like Jordo smirking at him. Like, what, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, yeah like, the whole like, time. He, he grabs Jordan and Jordan just, ah, super smile. Like, like he like, had just been handed a newborn. He's well, like, what, because okay. like, what do you think Brady's like? You just lost. Um, what what is Brady saying? Like, well, my brother beat you last year. Like that. <laughs> that's not a bragging point. Like, what are you? What are you gonna say to Jordan? Like, we're better brothers than you guys. And it's like, uh, okay. Who has more yeah, Let's, let's yeah. count. Yeah, yeah. Jordan wanted to go celebrate with the team, and of course, he's got some kid barking at him. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, it was just so unnecessary. But it's it's just funny how that kind of worked out. Yeah, because I. They didn't really catch the start of it. They kind of caught like mid conversation, so we didn't. Well, yeah, because it everyone was like, "Game's over." Ice, we're watching the team at the boards. Yeah, yeah, because we're watching the team celebrate. Like everyone's like, "Game over." I didn't even notice it was happening until you heard people be like, "What is going on?" And then you see it, and it's just like Jordan watching him, like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. Well, talking about Jordan Stahl, it was the first time he recorded a multi point game on an opening night in his career. That's because he's he's trying to win that selkie. That's Bergeron's back. Bergeron's not here. He's got a chance. Bergeron's finally I'm, got him. Jordan's I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. Colin, I'm so glad you brought this up because I forget. I think it was Mike and Shane talked about it. It's the fact that somehow Mitch Marner has been nominated, but he he has he's a good hockey player. Mitch Marner. No, we're not even qualifying it. No qualifiers. Mitch Marner does not deserve a selkie. Before it's, Jordan Stahl. And if you think it, that, it's because you live in the GTA, and I do not care. The, I'm so, I'm really getting tired of a, a lot of these trophies turning into, oh, this guy has a bunch of points. It is not a points-based trophy. Yeah, I, am, I am so tired. And the thing is, it's writers who are voting for these trophies. What are we doing? My problem with Monor is that it literally isn't like – at least with um, Bergeron, you could be like, okay, he is good defensively. He's going to yeah. beat you in the dot every time. No questions yeah. asked. Same, same thing when Rod Deserved. Rod I'm not too. complaining there. Yeah, even Rod won Selkies because that's how good he was defensively. It was literally just, oh, unlike the rest of the Maple Leafs, Mitch Mono knows how to play defense. He's a god. It's not <laughs> It's not that. I, could, I would trust Jordan Stahl on the ice. If it was five on two and it's him, Jacob Slavin, I wouldn't worry. I would go get a beer. Like I, I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, and that and that's the thing is it's so infuriating is the fact that you, all you see is these guys who are getting these nominations. Like, was it um? I don't. I really take some of the yeah. nominations seriously when I saw that someone put Brad Marchand down for the Lady Bane, and I oh, just kind of gave up hope in hockey humanity. No, no, no. Off uh, the also, ice, he's also, a great guy. That's that's true. Off the ice, he's uh, a great guy. Does a lot uh, of things in the community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on ice, not so much. But even Austin Jacob Matthews. Slavin, Brad Marchand. Yeah, that's the same kind of player. Well, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Matthews also got Ling being votes as well. But it's, and there was a Kyle Connor one. Then Kyle Connor won it, and you're like, "How did he beat Jacob Slavin out of this trophy?" But it's because it, Slavin it, had eight penalty minutes on the season, and that was just too high. It was done. Oh, how dare he! Um, all right, so before we go into roster stuff and going over a quick preview of the road trip, Ooh, we have to talk. Actually, about... yeah. question. I'm so sorry. I wanted to talk about this before we got away from game one. 
What are you guys okay. thinking about this 11-7 BS? Um, so, I mean, um... <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for Chatfield because, like, if he's not going to get over five minutes, you got to go 12 forwards. Like, I'm sorry. I, like, I, I feel you, bad you for Chatfield him. in that way, but I also would prefer to have Chatfield on the ice over Lemieux. So this was going to be my uh, podcast topic today, and then someone else interrupted me, so I'm not going to do it. But um, the 11 and 7 has to stop because it, it it feels like Gleason just doesn't know what he wants yet. That He feels like he has to use D'Angelo and Orlov because they're on the power play. Mm-hmm. But he but he prefers Chaffield. That's what it feels like. And I mean, yeah, because Chaffield overall is better. I, I think, yeah, if, I think if the power play of course doesn't he's work, better. I think I if think, the power play doesn't work with D'Angelo, Chaffield takes a spot. I don't think that it's possible for PP one not to work out long term. But sorry, Zach, you got, you're talking. Oh no, you're yeah. I I feel like for me, it's just I think Gleason's in, in a tough spot because he's he's trying to do what Rod wants, but he's also trying to make sure his guys are doing what they're supposed to do, and he's just kind of like, I have too many guys. I don't know what to do with them. So yeah, I I, so, I think he's he's just caught in a tough spot. Here's my overall problem with it. First of all, D'Angelo and Orloff together don't look great. And I'm, I'm not even saying that it won't work out eventually. It's Orlov's new to the system. Tony just spent that year in Philly. Neither of them are really great within the system yet. And they have oh. next to no chemistry together. Well, that's Watch how it was, that's how it was for them. Burns last year. That's how it was for Burns last year when he first yeah. started. He had, he had a slow start too. So yeah, it's just, when you're not used to the system, yeah, you're going to yeah, have a slow it's, start. It's not a problem. Game. I'm not saying either no. of them need to be traded. That's, oh, that's no, not what's no. happening here. Yeah. But the only way you can fix that is by playing together in mm-hmm. game action. And learning what the other person's gonna do. So this seven, I'm sorry, this eleven and seven is first of all messing with team chemistry when they're trying to send lines out, which is annoying. Um, you got it's down, a disservice. You got yeah, it's, it's a disservice to Chatfield because he deserves more ice time than that when he does play. Mm-hmm. But you're also making it harder for Olaf and D'Angelo to gain any type of chemistry going forward. I don't understand it. Like you. Make a decision or just give up on wanting to be like a good team. Because D'Angelo and Orlov will never get to where they need to be if you want to win a Stanley Cup, if you're playing half-hearted with them the entire season. Yeah, I think for me, it's like you got to go 12-6. That's 11-7 is not going to work. You don't. That's why you don't see it very often. And it might work for a few games depending on who you're playing. But yeah, no, it's, it's just, of course, when Svech comes back, you're gonna have to run with twelve. I'm sorry, who you, you can't sit anyone off the forward court when Sveshnikov is back. Sucks you to be Murray. No. <laughs> oh, but it's I don't know. For me, it's just I I don't see eleven seven working long term, even when they do bring Svech back. It's just I think this road trip with how so many games because they're playing like three, they're playing the three California teams in four days. But we'll get to that in a bit. But it's just this eleven seven is not gonna work long term. It's just not with Svech coming back too. They have to run with twelve. There's no reason to run with eleven once he's back. But glad we co-signed. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're good. Uh, so we are going to talk about our uh, sponsors real quick. And Kat, I think you got our uh, first sponsor of the night, which is DraftKings. I do. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. 
Yeah, so the Carolina Panthers are going to be at the Miami Dolphins. And uh, if you're looking on the DraftKings app, the Miami Dolphins are, if you're going by the money line, the Dolphins are a minus 1,050 and the Panthers are a plus 675. And if you're looking at the spread, which is right now a minus 110, if you're actually going for that, uh, the Dolphins are favored by 14. So there's there's some bets to look for in terms of the Panthers and the Dolphins this Sunday in Miami. I'm sorry, Panthers fan. Don't make that bet. Do not bet on the Panthers. I'm so sorry. They're not going to win that game. Anyway, Anyways. get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777. (laughs) <laughs> or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yes, please make sure. And don't bet on the Panthers because your hockey team has now won a game before your football team has. You know what's even more fun fact? Hockey started six weeks after football season. Yep, I saw saw that graphic (laughs) on Twitter. Very oof does. Um, The other sponsor we definitely have to talk about is Primalax Hockey. So if you're looking for you know, stick protectors, laces, visors, all that good stuff. They got you hooked up. If you go to primalxhockey.com and use the code SEARCHCAST, you get 20% off your order. And they actually just dropped some new uh, very cool products. Now they have this thing called Waffle Wax for your sticks. It's it's basically how, like, how they have this set up. It is a scented wax shaped like a waffle. And they got... Um, they got a waffle. They got a waffle flavor, I guess, scented bubble gum, and they also got cotton candy, which does glow in the dark, which is very, very cool if you're looking for any type of wax. Um, they are open t- on Monday through Saturday, if I can find their times. There it is. Wow, he Monday really through- sold that waffle wax. <laughs> I'm. I was interested in the glow in the dark. What do you mean? Keep going, Zach. We're listening. They're open Monday through Saturday. Um, Monday through Friday is 10 to 5. Saturday is 10 to 3. They are closed on Sundays. Uh, if you are looking to get your skate sharpened, it is $5. So make sure to go do that as well. They are at 1411 Dix Drive, Suite E in Raleigh, North Carolina. They're about 10, 15 minutes from the arena. Um, so if you want to go check out their store, you can. It's They have the warehouse right next to it with their little shop. Um, if you are... If you're not able to go to their store, you can, like I said, go to their website, get that Sebastian Aho discount, and it's free shipping as well. So make sure to um, take a chance on that. 
yeah, go help support them, and which helps supports us as well because they've been our sponsor for 95 episodes. Now we're getting closer to episode 100, but they have been with us every step of the way. So, like I said, primaxaki.com. Use code SEARCHCAST to get 20% off. For that AHO discount. Yes, got to get that AHO discount for sure. Um, I I know I'm a guest, so I'm going to interrupt now that the ad read is over to say no, but really, you should you should shop at Primer X Hockey for one reason and one reason only. Well, multiple reasons. I'm sorry, great. Reason. <laughs> but one one major reason that I think about every single time you talk about Primer X Hockey, um, the local. And I know people say mm-hmm. that, and they're just like, "Yeah, there's other local hockey shops." But no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. It is local in the sense that is in the community. Every dime they make stays in the local hockey community yeah it really does sorry like i no offense uh, there are some things that you have to get other places of course but if you're going to different hockey stores to grab your equipment you're kind of rude you don't really <laughs> care about the hockey scene in raleigh they can't say this because they're the host of the podcast i might look the brand make the brand look bad but i'm saying if you don't go to primo x hockey p r i m e x i'm not spelling hockey dot com you don't really care about the growth of the game in raleigh that's all i'm saying i mean anyways we, what are you saying we, Zach? we don't really want to support <laughs> canada hockey we want to support raleigh hockey so yeah we don't want to we don't want to respect we don't want to help out the big hockey corporations i'm not going to name <laughs> names uh oh. that don't give back to our own hockey community that's all i'm saying well, the good, and the good thing with Primax Hockey, though, they do have Primax Hockey Player of the Week for the NC State Ice Pack team, which is really cool. And three of their workers are actually part of the coaching staff at App State. So there you go. And it, and again, it's free shipping. So even if you don't live in Raleigh and it's not an easy drive for you, <laughs> all you have to do is go to PrimoXHockey.com. Once again, that is PrimoXHockey.com and get the Sebastian Auto discount. That's all I'm saying. Yes. And I'm just cast. a guest. I'm not paid for this. I get nothing out of this. This is just me talking. Anyway, thank you, Colin. And um, again, go to primoxhockey.com. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I have to run. This is my time. It's done with the pod- this episode of the podcast, but the boys are going to hold down the fort and talk a little bit more about the upcoming long across-the-country road trip. So uh, stick with them, and I will hopefully see you guys next week, and Bailey will be back with us. Cross our fingers, knock on wood. Nice to see you, Colin. It was good to see you, too. Enjoy your trip to Primo X Hockey, which, in case you don't know, is where <laughs> That's she's where going, I'm going right, right now. That's where I'm going right now. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right, see you, Kat. He's not, he, there we go. He's unfrozen. Yeah. Great podcast, everyone. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, my internet decided to just shut off for about half a second and came back on. So, <laughs> but yes, uh, big thank you to Kat. I know she had to get going. So, uh, yeah, so it's just me and Colin to finish out the episode, which I mean, it's always a good time, regardless, because we were talking about the hurricanes. Um, but I know you probably saw, I know you weren't there at practice, but I know you probably saw this later on from Walt Ruff tweeted out that we do have some updates with some guys that are hurt. Obviously, Ponder Marv with his knee and Ryan Suzuki with his shoulder are still ways away. I feel bad for, for Ponder Marv, though, because like coming, coming into camp after the great 
rookie showcase, yeah, you thought he was going to make the roster in the course, you know, tweaked his knee on the, what the early first or second day of on ice stuff. And he's still out. We don't know when that timetable is. You kind of have to feel for the guy who looked like he had a shot to make on the roster coming into the season. I feel bad for both him and Suzuki, but we'll stick with Panamaoff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't just that he had a chance to make the roster. The betting odds, if you had polled everyone in the media and most fans, it was yeah, Panamaoff is going to pull exactly the same thing that Seth Jarvis did two seasons ago. He's going to yeah. force his way on the roster. It's going to be next to impossible for the coaching staff not to put him on the lineup card. And then he gets injured. And yeah. Not for nothing, we were lied to about the injury. It was, oh, it's nothing serious. He'll be back out in a few days. And here we sit, what, three weeks later. But yeah, you're missing all of basically all of training camp, all of preseason. And we're the guys, I think the guys they flew out today. Whenever we are dropping this on Friday night. So when right after we recorded, but yeah, the team left already for the trip. And he's, we're still, and like I said, still ways away. That could be two weeks. That could be a month. I'm, it just all depends on how bad it is. But like I said, you got to feel bad for the guy. And like you said, Ryan Suzuki. I mean, was it the second to last preseason game? Like he he's, he was tearing it up in the rookie showcase as well, playing really well in the preseason. He was another guy that, you know, injuries have kind of plagued him for the last few seasons, but it looked like he was actually going to make it through a preseason and a camp where like, okay, you know, Ponder Marv's out. He's been playing phenomenal. This guy might have a shot of finally finding that potential, finding that groove that they took him as a first-round pick and second-to-last game of the preseason. You're like, shoulder. It's like, when, come on. When Carolina drafted him, there was talk that he might even be better than Nick, his brother in Montreal, in case people don't know. Um, yeah, who's the captain, by the better. way? <laughs> exactly. Like his, his brother's done things. <laughs> And yeah. then that forced to you, he got the uh, what was it, the eye injury that forced one? I don't remember what the force injury was, but I think it was the eye injury. Yeah, so, yeah I know shoulder or eye. I know, I, I know it's one of the, whichever one that wasn't first was yeah. the second one. So the yeah, first it, it, one was the one that really messed everything up. And then yeah. it basically every year since there has been something that sidelines for a major he is, portion. He has not caught like I let's see, kid can't catch a break. Like yeah. you know he's got the talent, it's just yeah. <laughs> If he could just play a solid season, everything would be fine. It, the hockey gods just aren't smiling down upon him, I guess. Yeah, well, it, it almost reminds me of like the the bad luck that Shane Willis ran into. Because for me, like I've mentioned a bunch of times, but for me, he's he's my ultimate what if hurricane. Because you saw how good he was as a rookie. He scored, I think, over twenty seven goals. This guy was going to be like the dude for Carolina, and unfortunately, concussions kind of just sidelined his career he went to tampa he did win a he did win a cup with them before the lockout but it's just like yeah, what could have claim it yeah it's just like i said you just feel like that's kind of how like for me it's kind of like are we seeing you hate to say it, but are we seeing another are we seeing another situation where it's is injuries gonna sideline this guy to where you could have you could have had great potential out of him I don't want to say that, but it's just, we're kind of what we're looking at right now, which no, sucks the, to say. The sad part is it's not always seeing that. It's we are seeing that again. And unfortunately for Zuki, it's for Suzuki, it's even worse than it was for Shane. Because yeah. at least Shane got NHL time. He'll always have that. I don't know yeah. how many games he played, but it's a respectable number because it's more than one. Uh, you know, why you talk about Suzuki, I will actually look that up real quick. 
And the conference. unfortunate part for Suzuki is he's gotten games in the American League. He, I mean, he won the Calder mm-hmm. uh, with the organization, but it, it, his constant injuries, and it, it, most of them, I shouldn't say most of them, all of them haven't been his fault. It's been like he hasn't put himself in these situations where, of course, you got injured. Why would you put torn your back yeah. when you're on the board? These were all just like, oh, well, right. shoot, type injuries. And it, I feel for right. him. He's, no, for- he's a great guy to talk to, too. Yeah. And so for Shane Willis, so yeah, yeah, for Shane Willis, so uh 9899 to the 992000, he had to combine nine games. Um seven in the first year, second uh second, two in his second year, but when he was 23 in the 2000-2001 season, 20 goals, 24 assists for 44 points in 73 games. He actually made the all-rookie team that year and he finished 5th in the Calder. Um Next season, he played a total of eight games between Carolina and Tampa, and then his last year was 03-04 for 12 games with Tampa Bay where he got six points. All of them were assists. So 174 games played, 31 goals, 43 assists for 74 points for one Mr. Shane Willis. Which is respectable and a better career than Ryan Suzuki will have if his injury – I don't want to say like favor, but um, the bad, the bad luck. He's... Yeah, if if he can't find a rabbit's foot, I, I I just don't know what's left for him, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and you have like I said, you have to feel bad for the kid because you know he's got the potential. It's just I mean he played really well. I think it was what the Erie Otters he played with in the CHL, and it's just yeah, it's a first round pick, and it's just whatever reason injuries won't just stay away from him. So. You know, we're hoping that it's not long term. Hopefully, you can get, get back. And you know, I'm assuming the Carolina's probably going to have those guys go get loaned somewhere in the AHL and just try to get time somewhere to get ready. Because I don't think you're going to have them go from nothing to okay, we're going to put you on the roster. Yeah, well, Suzuki missing. will probably end up uh, somewhere else, if not the Admirals, because apparently, <laughs> when Don can't find you a place to go, he's just sending you down to the Admirals. That team, that what, team, if, that team got so much better. What's like, the uh, trophy called in the ECHL? Ah, uh, the Kelly Cup. Yeah, no way. The Admirals don't run the Kelly Cup this year. I'm sorry. There's just, they were. Uh, I will. I I will say this. I also cover ECHL a little bit. Um, and I'm also doing a podcast with Phil Pass Hockey. So the Reading Royals got like ten guys from Lehigh Valley, Newfoundland. The Growlers got like. 12 or something guys from the Toronto Marlies. So there's a lot of teams in the ECHL there that have at least double-digit AHL contracts. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know that you're more informed than I am. But I'm calling it now. The Admirals. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's fair. That's fair. I, mean, I have them predicted to make it in the playoffs at least out of the North Division. So <laughs> it's totally fair. But, yeah, Norfolk. I mean, you have Yannick Perez, though, too. Like, and the guy just – 34, yeah. 4, and 3, a one a sub 1.5 goals against and a stupidly high 900 save percentage. Corretz, who would be an AHL goalie if it wasn't for Chicago, not Thank having you. an affiliate. Um, for uh, for the in, first yeah, first time we yeah. have an independent team since 1995. And guess who it was the first time? Chicago. So was it? tell me if you, yeah, tell me if you've seen this story before. <laughs> I've seen this movie. <laughs> Best of luck to them. I just, whatever. Um, but, and Pretz also would have been an easy call up if there wasn't a log jam at the goaltending position already. Yeah. I mean, like he got, is, he, I, mean, I shouldn't say he's the, the real the, thing because he's, he's never the, actually I mean, he's, played. 
but from everything I've seen, he's a real thing. Like, no, he's yeah, he played he played real. I mean, he didn't get a ton of shots in preseason, but from what he did get, he he looked really solid. And you're talking about a fourth fourth goalie in the system that, like you said, has Anderson and Ranta. Piotr got loaned out to Syracuse, and that that headshot that Syracuse did of Piotr, I don't know if they did him dirty or uh, you're going to have to go find it. It's almost like you almost kind of feel bad for the guy because, I mean, you're in Syracuse. So, I mean, have fun in upstate New York, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, Perrette, I don't know if you can name a goalie who's probably like a system that has four goalies in your system that are so good that you can actually have them on other teams. So, it's individual goalies. There are better goalies than what Carolina has. I won't argue that. Yeah. System. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Best system wise, system can. in the league. Yeah. 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 You'll so you'll see. Yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah. I wasn't saying like they have the best goalies, but I'm just saying it's like it's like I said, there's also Vasilevsky, you know, Sorokin, Hellebuck, those guys. Yes. System wise, like we're talking about, no one's gonna touch Carolina because of the fact that they're four deep at goalie. So I, I I just looked up this image that you were talking about. Google uh Kochekov Syracuse headshot. That's literally what I Googled. There was the first image that came up. He looks like a hostage. <laughs> he does not look happy to be there. I mean, have you been to Syracuse? No. I mean, but... even even Mike said on Kane's cast, I never stop, go right through. <laughs> it's That's... upstate New York on the 90. It's cold. It's Syracuse. And you're so used to his bubbling personality. It's like a it's like a cartoon where they just draw the straight line for the mouth. It is not. He is not. Oh, so, oh yeah. So he just, he's basically a Canadian in South Park in a sense. That... <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if people have seen South Park, you know what we're talking about when they, when they de- how they depict Canadians in there. It's just the head just bobs up and down as they talk. It's, yeah, uh, it's. I don't know. But yeah, like we're but going back to our time. I think those two guys. They're going to be loaned out somewhere in the age, in the age. I'll just try to get try and get back into game flow because by the time they get back, we're going to be we could be in November by the time these guys are back. You can't just throw them in an angel roster. And be like, all right, here you go, get game get game yeah. ready. The only way I could see, I don't think Suzuki has a chance at all. But if there is a miraculous injury, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But if it happens right as he's ready to come back on like a fourth line or like say, um, I don't even know. Muslim, well, I don't want to name someone because it feels bad. There's, there's, there's no lines. There's no lines. We don't want to say lines here because you know Rod will listen. If if I Rod said come break that Rod would have, <laughs> Rod would have already drop kicked me. But if if there's an injury to a bottom six guy, I'm not going to name names because it feels like bad juju. Um, yeah. As he's ready to come back, there's a chance he gets a game or two just because there was so much faith in him prior. Well, yeah, but the, probably the same thing. Yeah, same thing for Panamara, but at this point, it's almost like you're we're probably looking at a healthy scratch for one of those guys to come back. Because I think right now the roster is at let's see 12, 12 forward, seven defensive, 19. So they're actually at 20 right now with a healthy scratch. So whichever one comes back, they'll probably be the second scratch. Because I know I know we go up to 20, so I see we're at 21. So we got two like two roster spots. So with special cop coming back. That'll put us at 22. Yeah, so you're, you're kind of looking at one roster spot left for a full 23 because Shane Will said it multiple times on KingCast. They're going to go with a full boat. You're going to get a full 23-man roster. Which one of the two is going to get it? It has Who to really be Panama off. I would not say Suzuki. I wouldn't put any money on Suzuki. Sorry. 
Yeah, I would say Ponder Marvis probably going to get that 23rd spot. And then, like you said, if there is an injury, not naming names, knock on wood, I think Ryan would be the next guy called up. But He just wrote on a piece of paper and said, Jordan Stahl, I swear. Anyways. Don't you don't you put that don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Don't you do that? Um, uh, so it, Walt Ruff also said that Svechikov was in his yellow contact jersey at morning skate this morning, and he there was also reports that he is not going to come on the road trip. However, they are making a stop in Raleigh before they go to Tampa on the twenty fourth. So there is. I think Walt said take that into consideration. So there may, because I think I tweeted out saying most likely he might be back for the Seattle game for his season debut. But if they do pick him up on that stopover in Raleigh before they go to Tampa, he might be back for the Tampa game on the fourth. So it's either one of those two, I believe. I'll actually expose myself on this and then tell you how I got called out. So yeah, Andre isn't traveling on this road trip. Uh, We've Mm -hmm. known that for a couple of days now. Um, because he won't be medically cleared by then. You know, it is what happens. And then Rod was very particular in his phrasing multiple times now that it's not just getting cleared by medical. It's also Mm. making sure that Andre feels comfortable. Yeah. So I took that. I did some mental math, had some conversations, and I took it that he'd be back probably early November, like that first week. And Mm -hmm. I said that publicly, home ice advantage, wherever fine podcasts could be heard. And I'm not going to tell you who... But someone reached out to me and was like, I want to, I want to go that deep. I think he'll be back before then. I think that he'll make his return that final week of October. The, so that, that's somewhere that's in that timeline. Saying, yeah. Because that's what, that's, that's what my initial thought was that like he wasn't going on the road trip. So I'm thinking, okay, we're probably talking all the way through the Tampa game. But then Walt tweeted out, I think it was today saying that there is that, like, take that into consideration. So for me, it's either he'll be back for the Tampa game on the 24th or he'll make his season debut on the 26th against the Kraken. So there is a good chance it's one of those two games. Or it could be, I think it's San Jose is the 27th, I believe. That's that Friday game for that back Yeah, San Jose. So Seattle's the 26th and then San mm-hmm. Jose is the 27th. So it could be either one of those three games. So we're either looking at Tampa on the road or one of those two home games on the back-to-back. So it all just really depends. So Or it could we, be we, even we, later because, we like, but it's I soon. Mean, hey, it's yeah, hopefully so, soon. Yeah, so, I mean, it's understandable. I You guys, you know Andre's probably like, it's like, I don't want to stay here in Raleigh while the boys are on the West Coast for the next, like, couple weeks. But, you know, of course, you, when you want to try to get better, it's better to get trained at home. You're at the arena. You're kind of just doing what I you mean, need to do. I mean, he's hitting nice every day. From what I know, he's he's uh, seeking oh, yeah. medical advice every day. Like he's so that's, doing everything in his power. Yeah. So I mean, and that, of course, that he's made, that, it on the road. Yeah. So that's why it makes sense why they probably just kept him back. It's like, hey, deal with whoever you need to deal with. Because I'm probably thinking Bill Bernstein's probably with the team on the road. My guess. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's one of those guys that does travel with the team, but if he is then fine. If not, then Andre's got a great guy to train with to get ready to for when the team gets back. So we kind of have a, a loose timeline, not confirmed, yeah. but you know, we're we're just two guys that cover the hot cover the hurricanes for different writing, I guess, yeah. sites. So <laughs> I can give you a date, give or take 10 days. Like is that a problem? Yeah. I mean hey according to Lana Rizzo, we're just a bunch of jack offs. So if you haven't seen yeah. that quote, go go check that out. But uh <laughs> I wouldn't even disagree with that. Anyways. <laughs> um, and so the same tweet about uh, 
Panamara, Vanner, and Suzuki. Uh, Walt Ruff did say the cadence of how Frederick Anderson in Antiranta will be utilized on the upcoming trip is to be determined, but we'll see them both at some point. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. So for I know for the California portion of the trip, um, we are talking three games in a span of four days. So tomorrow it's going to be LA Kings. Sunday is going to be the Ducks. You got that Monday off, but then you got to play San Jose on that Tuesday. And then I think it's like that Thursday they're playing Seattle. Yep. And then Saturday, next Saturday is the Avalanche. So you're talking like, five games within a span of like eight days. But like I said, California, you got three in a span of four with a back-to-back to to kick the whole thing off in Southern California. So, I mean, who are you thinking? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I can tell you who's starting every night, excluding a shutout. If someone gets hot, (laughs) the story will change. But Freddie starts on Sunday. I'm sorry, on Saturday against LA. No offense to Ranta. LA is a better team than Anaheim. They're going to put their best goalie out. Then, of course, back-to-back, Ranta gets the Ducks, and then they'll just go mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, Freddie gets San Jose. Ranta gets Seattle. Freddie back for... Um, Colorado. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go like that. Yeah. There's no reason not to just do a nice rotation. They own, not I, to I, mention, Freddie would get both of the better teams in Colorado and um, L.A. Yeah, which which makes sense. Like, yeah, if I was a if I was someone who would think, okay, how do you want to utilize this setup? It's probably like you said, it's best to go, just just rotate it every every other game. You're gonna go when you're going, unless someone like you said, unless someone goes on a heater where you're giving up like a sh- you're getting a shutout, you're giving up like one goal a game, and you're just absolutely standing in your head. Then it's like, okay, you gotta ride the hot goalie after after the back-to-back because you can't just play the same guy back-to-back nights that's just impossible we don't see that very often unless you're very it's no no no. it's a very very good core so freddie gets injured in the third game of the season i'm knocking on wood i just want to be very clear i'm knocking on wood um i'm making a joke and i i realized it was bad but then you bring kuchekoff up look at that everything is back to normal everyone's happy hunky-dory oh gosh I'm about to get hate mail. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you if you want to send tweets, uh, make sure to get a Colin Homeice on Twitter X. Um, if you want to give him the smoke for that, because that <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that as <laughs> it's just no. comedy is just, just tragedy plus time, guys. Tragedy plus time. Um, but no, I I kind of agree with your not. Not that take, but I agree with the every other every other game you kind of roll out with a goalie unless someone gets hot, then you then you just go with that formation. Um, but I think it's probably the best way to go about it because that's so many games. That's so many games in a span of like I said, eight days. You're talking like like I said, you got three games in four, you got every other day for the most part, and then you got I think it's what Sunday, Monday off, and then you go to Tampa Tuesday. So at least they get that somewhat rest. I mean, you're going from the West Coast Mountain Time Zone. You're coming back to the East. That's gonna be killer on any team to try to go play that many games. So at least they kind of get two days off in between that before they have to go to Tampa. But yeah, that's just a lot of hockey in a span yep. of eight days. 
they've also never favored a goalie in the past two seasons, excluding when someone was absolutely hot, like when Ranta and Kochekov last season went like two and a half games without allowing a goal. Well, of course, they're going to go back to that guy. Yeah. Well, when yeah. Freddie came back from injury and they're just trying to get him reconditioned, so they gave him like three, four. Yeah. Games well, I think, yeah, because I think it was the first season where they won the Jennings. I think Freddie played like yeah. 51 games. But I think, yeah, but of course, you will. Gets hurt against Colorado. Please, for the love of gosh, that Colorado game at Ball Arena, please do not let him get hurt again. Because the last if time Freddie he was gets there, injured in Colorado, I'll retire. <laughs> like straight up. Every time we go to Colorado, something always happens. And I swear to gosh, I hope it doesn't happen. Because I think like they are the the avalanche or the Achilles still to the Hurricanes. We got one point from them last year. It was a shootout. No, it was. I think it was an overtime loss or a shootout loss. One of the two. I know we got a point, and that's it. The last two seasons, they've beaten up on the Hurricanes. Someone gets hurt. I just hope one time, one time we get through the series, we get through that game, no one gets hurt in Colorado, we just leave and come back to the East Coast. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> Should I get you like a Caleb McCarr voodoo doll or something? Like just... Well, I know. Well, Bailey lives in Colorado. I know she's going to the game, so maybe she'll bring some good juju this time because I just it's just every time we go to Colorado, something happens, and I'm hoping this time is not the case. And I'm ready for a win against these guys because I think for me and I, we talked about it a little bit ago. I think the measuring stick for how this team is going to be is the Colorado game. That's going to be where are where are you team wise, roster wise, just mentally, where are you at? I think Colorado will be that game. I wouldn't even say another one, too, is L.A. L.A. is projected to be top three, top four in the Pacific. The Pacific division is going to be tough. But I think L.A., depending on how their goalie their goalie situation is this year, because I think it's Dave Redditch, Cam Talbot, and Phoenix Copley. They still don't really have what they need. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. But – but center depth-wise, probably one of the deepest in the league outside of Carolina because you've got Anze Kopitar, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and then you've got um, Philip Deneau at center. I think LA is going to be a tough one, too. I think Seattle is going to be a very interesting game. I mean, we luckily the Hurricanes did win both games against both of those teams last season. I know this because Seattle I Seattle also got better last year, and on paper they were better this year. They they but, are yeah because they, they they do have Grubauer and, and Drager in that so I'm curious to see how that works out but they did pick up some they did pick up other guys as well they did extend to Vince Don and I think their whole fourth line is a bunch of new guys so I would I wouldn't the game the teams I would I mean anyone can beat anyone the parity in the NHL is amazing you love to see it it's not like the NFL or MLB or well MLB is a little bit different this year but that's a whole different thing the parity in hockey is so much better obviously you don't over, over you don't want to overlook the Ducks because the Hurricanes didn't beat them last year is what it is, but they did beat the Sharks in both games. Same thing for the Kings, same thing for the for Seattle, but those are games you still don't want to overlook those guys. But if you're looking at measuring certain teams, I think for me it's the Kings and the Avalanche, at least for the West Coast part. Seattle is one you also want to keep an eye on. And even, even with how Tampa is, I won't even overlook Tampa for the last game of this road trip. The – it's easy to overestimate. I'm sorry, underestimate um, teams like Anaheim. Sorry, Ducks San, fans yeah. and teams San like uh, yeah, San, Jose. San Jose. It's yeah. very easy, and then it's gonna yeah. be easy for some people to underestimate Seattle. And look, I, I will never have respect for a Ron Francis team. It just won't happen. Sorry, 
Ron Francis, GM, not a fan. Ron Francis, player, God. Anyways, uh, don't do not sleep on Seattle. That is especially coming off of the two, I don't want to say easy games, but easier times, easier teams to play against. There's a real chance that could be a problem, depending. I'm just yeah, I mean, that I mean second round last year, they did beat Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, this is their third year in existence. They brought a lot of guys. They brought the, most of the team back from last year, but they did get some other guys as well. So, I mean, I would say Seattle's not a game. I, I think pretty much, like I said, L.A., Seattle, Colorado are going to be the games that – Seattle's not going to be much of a – they're not to the measuring stick level of Colorado, but like you said, it's still yeah. a team you don't want to overlook. Same thing for L.A. L.A. is, LA is in between this where Seattle's at and where – Colorado's at goaltending's goaltending's a big question mark for LA, but they still have a team that could get the job done. So it's for me as long as you get at least four wins out of the six games on that road trip, I would consider that a success. You got to take a, at least at the worst seven out of twelve points. What at do the you worst think, seven out of twelve? Though? So the 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 best they can do. The 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 make it a successful road trip, they need um I don't I'm sorry, eight points. I would say what I, do I would you say, think yeah. they'll win though. If you if you had to guess. If I had to guess, I would I would I would say they I I can honestly think they could win four games. I think they could do it. Like you 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 get the monkey off your back in Anaheim, take care of that one. You get the win in San Jose, beat Seattle. I would even say beat LA. Like if you if you sweep the California teams on the road trip, you take care of Seattle. If you start that road trip four and zero, I'll take it. I think now, uh, if they if they drop L if they if they drop the LA game, you got to beat Colorado in Colorado. You have to get that done. So if if you ask me what what I replace the LA. LA win for the for the Colorado win. Yes. I'd rather beat Colorado over LA. Just at least get that fourth win. I think we're gonna go five and one. Or they're gonna go five and one. I don't know which game. I can't predict which game they'll drop. Right. But they'll drop one, most likely, whether it's LA, Colorado, Seattle, or Tampa. Because yeah. I think that, that Tampa game is also weird. I didn't know they were coming back to Raleigh before you said that mm-hmm. Walt said they would. Which yeah. now makes that weird because that means they'll come back to Raleigh for one day. They'll get a little bit of family time, but before they can settle, they have to get mm-hmm. back on a plane and travel south. And I don't know. Right. That, that makes things iffy for me. But yeah, um, I think five and one. No, I mean that's fair. Yeah, because I think because by the time the game's done Saturday night, you're talking two in the morning on the East Coast, and you're yeah. they're and depends on if they're going to be flying that night or they're flying Sunday. So I guess it all depends on when they're leaving. I'm, I'm assuming they're probably going to leave right after the game, 1030 West Coast time. Yeah. So by the time they get back, it's going to be like early Sunday morning, probably like it's probably going to be their rest day. And I'm guessing they're probably going to leave Monday afternoon. Best bet. So, yeah, it's just. This is the only time I've ever thought about this, but I really hope Jacob Slavin, well, all the guys that attend church go to like afternoon services. Because if they get back at 2 a.m. and they're waking up for an 8 a.m. sermon. Yeah, they're, they're, you, yeah. You should, I, don't do that, guys. Please. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I think that, I think that Tampa is, like you said, it's going to be a weird one. Vasilevsky's out for the next eight to 10 weeks. They got Giannis Johansson. 
he's played like 34 career games over the last five years with multiple different teams. I don't know how that situation is. It'd be one of those weird games where it's just you're trying to get back to the East Coast time. Like you said, that short stop it's, at home. It's just one of those weird, so many different things going into it. Anything could happen, seriously. Yeah, I mean, if you're if, if I was going to take a guess on who that who that one is going to be in that five and one, that could be the Tampa game where it's just you kind of the Hurricanes got caught at a weird time of coming back, short stop at home, traveling, then playing Tampa. Right after coming back from playing, like like said, we're talking about five games in eight days. I think that that could be the one. So, I would say at the worst, they would have to get seven points. I'm ho- I'm hoping they get eight. If they get eight, that's a great start to the road trip. Get kind of a, ahead. Like I said, seven has to be the worst. Anything under seven, you're kind of. I would say it's. I wouldn't say it's terrible, but it's not a successful road trip that you would kind of want. Featuring, yeah three teams from California, Seattle, Colorado, and Tampa. So it'll be very, very interesting in terms of how that works out. So you got them five and one. I got them four and two at least. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. You're it, it crossing your fingers for it. Yeah. Crossing your fingers for, like I said, anything less than that, I would say you at least have, like I said, the worst three wins. You've got to at least get seven, got to get seven points. You've got to get at least seven points just to make it where it's not successful, but I'm hoping that they're going to go for the eight. So you're so you're going for ten out of twelve. I mean that's good. <laughs> that is a super good road trip. But I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting. I'm seeing how that's gonna work out. Like we talked about, it. is Andre gonna be back for Tampa? If he is, that's great. If not, the team will the team will get through it. And then we just gotta figure out when even he's gonna be playing. <laughs> if Andre is back, that's just another weird storyline to throw into that game. <laughs> like it would just yeah. be another thing on top of it. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, let's just add weird on top of weird. And like, who do you take out of the top six if Andre comes back? Because you know Rod. It's Torbell. It's Torbell. Sorry. I, I know everyone loves him. It's going to be Torbell. It de- it I was it depends on how Turbo if Turbo keeps up from how he played. Okay, in game fair one, enough. One. I'll give him he got that goal and it was a good goal in the fourth game. But Torbo has a hill to climb here. He to he earn does. back. I, it's not keep, it's to earn back his top six role. Yeah, if if they, like, this is another, I'm glad you brought that up. This is a good storyline to keep up with on the road trip. If he keeps up, we're not expecting a goal every night, but if he's yeah. playing phenomenal and he's showing like, hey, I want this top six spot back, that's going to be a very interesting dynamic going into Tampa. Is if Sveshkov is back for that one, or even Seattle, or however it works out, how are you going to work out that top six if Turbo? has a, a fantastic road trip. I think it's another good storyline to keep up on. It, it would be yet another case of an embarrassment of riches in Carolina. I don't envy Rod and his staff. No, for trying I can't to figure imagine. Trying to try play, trying to do the mental hurdles of trying to figure out where, where are we going to play these guys because our yeah. Rod – and Sebastian even said it with Hannah Yates on uh, Valley Sports. This is the deepest team he's ever been with. In Carolina, it's the deepest roster that the Rod Burnmore area has seen. Like you said, it's the embarrassment of riches, and like, how do you figure it out? That's why. That's why I feel bad for Tim Gleason because you got seven good defensemen. What do you do with all of them? This might be on paper the best team ever put on ice by the franchise. I'm including oh, more than that. No, I I completely agree with that because I mean everyone. 
05-06, no one thought Carolina was going to win the cup. Everyone predicted them to be the bottom that's of the league. It's a little overestimated. People thought they were going to be bad. But oh, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Like Everyone thought they were going to be – I don't think they were going to be that bad, but everyone thought they were going to be. And luckily, the Hurricanes were built for the new fast-paced rules NHL that they brought out coming out of that – out of that lockout, and that's what happened. But yeah, I agree with this. This is the deepest team. This is the first time Carolina has been a cup favorite coming into the season. They were never that. And even Dom from uh, The Athletic, they got them first in the power rankings, which is the first time since 2008. The Hurricanes have never been that high since 08 in terms of power rankings. There was a... I think I... mm, I, I try to settle my own expectations mm-hmm. because if you paid attention to the hockey world, which longtime Hurricanes fans, um, by the way, if you're a new Hurricanes fan, welcome. But longtime Hurricanes fans know that uh, we, we never got respect. And no. we so can don't. make lists on why, but I see that's why I think it, things have changed. This season, who has not yeah. shown us respect this season? The past couple of years leading up to now, there's been – well, but are they real? I don't know. You know yeah. They're getting lucky here. Oh, it's just a phase. They can't actually compete. But this they, they, season... They don't, they don't have superstars. They yeah. just have a bunch of guys who can score, but not well, enough. Well, they still say team. we don't have any superstars, which is weird. <laughs> okay, that's... I'm not... I'm getting derailed here. I was about to say, because that is my <laughs> favorite thing to hear about Carolina is they have no superstars. It's a collective scoring group. And it's like, eh, Have you actually looked at it, though? Mm. No, it's it's mainly like four guys, four or five guys. Like we're, we are, we are a very good plethora of shooting opportunity guys. Yes, yeah. no we, one's we, better we, at creating a shooting opportunity than Carolina. I mean, you know, in games where you were, you know, against John Gibson, where you put up fifty one, you know, you put up fifty three <laughs> shots and he stops fifty one and lose. Experienced Carolina Hurricanes hockey. I was in the I, building. I was so mad. The reason why, like I said, I wrote a very lengthy preview for this road trip, which is coming out tomorrow. So I'll be dropping that on the socials from hockey writers. Um, it's previewing all six games. And I talked about last season with all the teams that were facing. The one I had to bring up was that game. John Gibson, 51 of 53. <laughs> I was I was in the building too as the shot clock was ticking up. And I was like, this is the franchise record. And my brothers are like, no, it's not. I was like, no, I'm tell- I know this for a fact. And pulled it up. I was like, this is the franchise. Yep. And we're getting goalied. John Gibson's not a bad goalie. It's just a bad Ducks team, but a bad parody have- hockey. Anyone can beat anybody. But here's the problem with Anaheim for me is they have so many really talented players. Mm-hmm. And then they never invest in their bottom six. No, and Never. even even their defense is suspect too. It's just yeah. it's one. Well, of those things. I should I should have lied, but they don't have a defense really. It's it's they want to be like Edmonton and the Maple Leafs, except they don't have the scoring talent. I mean, they do, but it's one to two guys, not yeah, you yeah, like like you really got to hope that Zegers and Troy Terry and all those guys can do. So. I, it like I said, anyone can beat anyone because it's I mean. I mean, we lost four nothing to the Arizona Coyotes on uh, what the day before was it on Thanksgiving? The day before Thanksgiving was, it was one. The day of the before two. Thanksgiving, and the entire fan base melted down. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was um, that was the time. Oh, wait. But, uh, 
we got super sidetracked here. My entire point <laughs> is that no one this year is not giving Carolina yes. credit. I, Thank everyone, you. <laughs> cup favorites. Yeah. Everyone is, this is a legit team. They have a real chance at winning the cup any given night. They can't just beat you. They can dominate you. And that is, yeah. that is a happy change to see. But now I see that and I get really excited. I'm like, oh my God, we're about to rip off seven cups in a row here. It's about to be the <laughs> greatest team to ever exist. Suck it, Scotty Bowman. Wait, and I have yeah, to like settle yeah. down and be like, well, actually, like actual <laughs> yeah. expectations. Yeah, we're we're not we're not going to be like the '80s Islanders or the or 80s just, Oilers, but yeah, also 80s Oilers. <laughs> yeah, the '80s Oilers or like I, said, I think it was like the late '70s, early '80s Islanders, the the Blackhawks of the 2010s, the Penguins who went back to back, and Montreal. I mean, I mean that's possible. In well, 50s. Well, when, I mean, when you know, when when basically the goalie was a bread man and he just never knew what the butterfly was. I mean, it's at that point. The ice is cold, of... Zach. I'm not getting down there. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but no, I, I think for me, if Carolina, I mean, for I'm I don't know if we're ever going to see a four back to back to back to back Stanley Cup champion. That's just impossible in the in the cap era. But I mean, if they get to the point where it's well, obviously we got to get the first one. Get the first one done, and then we could talk about, hey, could we get what the Blackhawks did, three and six, or do what Tampa did, get back-to-back, or what Pittsburgh did back-to-back. Pittsburgh did back-to-back in the 90s, too, with Yager and Ron Francis and Mario Lemieux and all those guys, too. But, it's you know, not it's impossible for Carolina it's, to be the next dynasty. It's it's not it's not impossible like you said. Of course, we got a lot of young guys locked up for long term contracts, and you just got to figure what you're going to do with Pesci, Slavin, Shea. I don't know about that one for sure, but there you got Piotr locked up for a while. Yannick Price is in, waiting in the wings too. Who could be a, a potential backup as well at some point? So there's a chance Carolina could be a dynasty team. There is yeah. there is a great chance for that. So it's. <laughs> I do like how I was like, I have to set my own expectations. And then I'm like, it was also not impossible we're a dynasty one day. So, <laughs> no, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, like I said, we do have to temper the expectations down. Gotta get the first one out of the way. We thought it was going to be last year. Unfortunately, Bobrovsky decided to figure out how to play hockey again after three, four years of mediocre hockey. And basically, they had to rely on Alex Lyon to back them into the playoffs because Pittsburgh. He's now an AHL again. No, he's with Detroit. He's, oh, he got uh, claimed. I didn't know he got claimed. I thought yeah, he Alex, uh, yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alex Lines. Oh, 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 was he put on waivers? I didn't see he was put on waivers. I know, I know, I saw yesterday or earlier today. He's to got. A, he, I know today oh, he's I'll got. A, I think he got a number with the try. I saw it on the on the NHL jersey number account on Twitter, and I think he got ninety four. So either either he is with Detroit or he got sent down to Grand Rapids. So one of the two, I guess. I don't know. Detroit's a mess. Good thing they got Huso and. Lion and I forget who else, because I know Ned's now with uh, Pittsburgh as the backup to Tristan Jari. So, poor Ned. Not the point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that guy. (laughs) I can't see if he was raved, but there was a lot of conversations about him being raved. But I don't know. Yeah, but but besides, I guess it's just yeah, temper the expectations, but. Who says that the Hurricanes can't be? Yeah. Who says they can't be a dynasty? But like I said, you got to get the first one out of the way. Thought it was last year. 
didn't really work out. Now we have the, now we have one of the deepest rosters. So who really knows? Either way, it's exciting. It's exciting to be a Hurricanes fan. You know, <laughs> almost capped out at season ticket members, tops in the league and percentage wise on Wednesday night. So. And, I don't know. It's just, it just feels going to be a Hurricanes fan right now. <laughs> if you were a long-suffering Hurricanes fan and not not no disgrace against newer fans, we love you. You're welcomed. Please bring yeah, more yeah, friends. Yeah, we're not. I, I hate gatekeeping in hockey. Bring well, new I, fans. In. Uh, I'm I'm name checking Dan Latorica a lot today, but he told me that uh, we are the most. I don't remember the actual term he used, but he basically said he's never seen another fan base that tries to help the team grow more than Hurricanes fans. Yeah. So if you're a Hurricanes fan and you have a friend who doesn't like hockey, bring him to a game. Yeah, Just why not? Show up to the house of the pizza. Be like, hey, there's a game on. You want to watch? Not the point. Um, but if you're a long-suffering Hurricanes fan, so like I grew up with a team. I've never known Raleigh without it. Um, so Yeah, I mean, I moved down, I moved down the same year that the team moved down from Hartford. My first game was against the Mighty Ducks at the Old Greensboro Coliseum, if that tells you anything. See, my first game was in PNC Arena. Couldn't tell you when it was. I know we lost. I, I I remember I was young enough that I didn't really understand the rules. I like I was maybe seven, and it was yeah. the end of the third, and it was like three zero, and everyone was leaving. I was like, "Why are they leaving? There's one more quarter." And my mom just was like, "There's not another quarter. We we just need to go." <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know I was six. I don't know if they won or not, but I know it was a preseason game against the Ducks when they were still the mighty Ducks of Anaheim with that with that. With that if I'm going to date myself, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they were still they were still eggplant and teal. <laughs> but long-suffering fans will know that we have never, and I'm including Hartford in this, sure, why not? We have never been a consistently good team. Ever. No. It's never happened. Even when we won the Cup. Oh, what happened the season. very next Oof. year? I, I know you didn't make about, the playoffs. I... It didn't happen. <sighs> In fact, we wouldn't make the playoffs again until 2009, where we went on a run and then got clobbered by Syndicate. I yeah. mean, even and even thanks, Jordan. Even a lot of people never apologized for that. I don't think I don't. I don't think a lot of people even thought we were going to make it that far that year in the playoffs. We either. shouldn't have, honestly. But whatever. Like, I'll take it. And then you go your decade, and we we joke oh, yeah. now and call it the dark ages or the lost decade or whatever someone wants to call it. That was a really hard decade to be a Hurricanes fan. Oh, those knockout, those knockout Ridley jerseys were so bad. They were so. <laughs> I wasn't even talking about that. But uh, well, yeah, the team, well, the team was bad. Yes, but I'm just the the the, the worst the, the co- part no, the co- about captains. the team being bad is the we co- weren't even the so worst. Like we weren't even smart enough to see that we were bad and tank. I'll give the Blackhawks this terrible ownership. Should probably be forced to sold for past transgressions, but they knew they were going to be bad last year. Yeah. So what did they did? They tanked. They openly tanked. Did not deny it. Tanked. And what did they get out of it? A generational player that will be featured in every ESPN highlight reel until he retires in twenty years. Oh yeah, when you put up a graphic where he's got his first goal and he's chasing greatness, when Gretzky's at eight hundred and that was hilarious. It, they didn't just do that for him either; they did it for like six different guys. I know you're just like it, would, right. it was. It, it's a little disrespectful to give like an NHL grinder. He's had like nine seasons, but only three hundred goals, chasing greatness. Like, no, please stop. But, yeah, uh, my point was, we weren't even bad enough to get excited. 
Like the highest draft pick we've ever had was Andre. Yep. It was at Andre. Three. Like what? At, at three. I don't think the Hurricanes have ever – no, sorry. Eric Stahl was two. So Eric Stahl oh. was the second pick. Okay. Well, no, what? It was Eric Stahl, and that worked out fairly yeah. well for us, actually. But well, you know, 100-point season, you know. We, you know we've never got the generational talent. We've never been bad enough to make it easy to be good. So we just had to slog through those years. And there was even – they would even give us hopes. They would, it would be like game 79, and, you know, there was a chance – if this, that, the third, the other thing, and that other, mm-hmm. other, other thing happened, we could make the playoffs, which was even worse because you had hope. Yeah. The hope didn't leave because when the hope left, fans left. And you know what? There was a large enough group that did. But yeah, they there gave like, a slight bit of hope, just enough to tease you. It was kind of like you were addicted. No, no. <laughs> the, they're better this time. I promise you. They addressed it. <laughs> it's it's going to be better this year. It's not going to oh. happen again. Then happened oh, again, man. and then Bill Peters happens. And honestly, um, prior to us knowing the Bill oh, Peters yeah. era wasn't bad. It was a building era. It wasn't bad. And then now we know, and it was pretty bad in that locker room. Which yeah. we probably could have been better sooner if it wasn't for Bill Peters. Yeah. And Rod comes in, and I remember when uh, they fired Francis. Well, they, they didn't technically fire, him, but when Dundon fired Francis. I was like, what is this guy doing? He got rid of Chuck Kane. He got rid of Ron Francis. He's stripping away all the parts. What are we going to be left left, left with? And then he promotes Brendamore. I was like, okay, you know what? Let, let him cook. Let him cook. We, we don't know what's going on right now. Let him cook. And uh, that first year, that first half of that year, I was like, God. They're teasing us again. I had hope. They gave me hope. What is this? And then that miracle game against, um, what was it, the Devils? Yeah. We're in, we're in, we're in. Here we are going into the sixth season, talking about how we could be a dynasty. <laughs> I'm just, if, yeah. if long-suffering fans, there's like tears in their eyes right now. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, because like, who would have thought, like, you're talking, like you said, five years ago, you're, we're talking about three straight division titles. Yep. Back-to-back metros. You're talking. We had an outdoor game last year, which was absolutely a phenomenal to go to. Then now we're talking about renovations, and now we're talking about another potential outdoor game, another potential all-star game. I don't think we're ever going to get a draft again. Dundon doesn't well, want it. Doesn't make enough money. But keep going. No, I don't blame him. Yeah, but you're talking about one of the deepest rosters we've ever seen in forever. Five straight playoff appearances. You're talking about. Just really great player, great drafting. Players want to come here. And we say, and some people might just go like in one ear and out the other. But like, we're not overpaying. Came here when, uh, and I don't remember what year was that. 99, 2001? It was somewhere in there. No, it was 99. Yeah, 99, 2000, whichever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was huge because it was Ron Francis chose to come to Carolina. Yeah, and then it was instantly written off because, well, it's really he's just returning to the Whalers. And then Rod gets traded here, and this gets really overlooked. Present day, when that contract ended, I think it was in '02. It was like, no, it was before the cup. It was '01. Yeah, no one knew if Rod would stay. Yeah, now a franchise legend, sure, but at the time, no one knew he would stay. Storm no. players didn't want to come here, and if they got traded here out of their own choice, 
they were not staying. And that's totally different now. Max yeah. Pacioretty came here. He wanted to win a cup. Didn't work out, but he tried it. Brent Burns waved. Yeah, as Brent, I say. Brent Burns waved his no trade clause because we were on it. Waved or no, I think was it a, was it a full or it, we it were was on a full it? no. It was a full yeah. no. Yeah, I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, it was a full no. Waved it to come here. You don't see that happening. Michael Bunting came here on a three year deal. Orloff came here and we're like, well, they're paying him seven point seven five. You could have gotten it somewhere else. That was a short term deal because. What two years from now we're gonna get the best prospect, uh, best defensive prospect to come along in a century? Like, I mean, yeah. ripping up the KHL right now. I think he leads all defensemen in the KHL in points right now. No, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And or of course, he's one of the two. He's he, killing he, it. He th- he throws great hip checks, just like Dmitry Orlov does. So I mean, you know, it's twenty twenty five. Alexander Nikish, and don't ask us. I feel bad for Matt Soma and those guys. They had to deal with that question every day. I, I text every day. What do you mean? First <laughs> thing I do when I wake up. Of course. Hey, what's Alexander Nikishin coming? Um, but yeah, it's just from where we're the, like the drafting has gotten so much better since Tom Dunn and the, and the crew came in. Like we we I mean we really lucked out with Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin when we did. Got some. Everyone thought Sebastian Aho was a stretch pick in the second round. That worked out phenomenal for us. You get Andre. Not even that much later, you go and offer sheet. Cock in the Emmy, who's in the same who's in the same top five? I think it was a pick before him. We had the second and third picks of that same draft and on they this team. Dumb, I shouldn't say they. The hockey world all agreed that was a stupid offer sheet to do. That it was all just Tom Dundon trying to get back at Montreal. Here we are, years later, and oh my, look at Cock and Yemi grow as a player. Oh my, I mean, God, look at him. That, it's almost that, like when he's not in a toxic situation, he can actually develop. Second oh, half, of, second half, second half of last year, he was almost a point for game player in the second half of the last season. He I know, I really had fantasy. He was great. <laughs> I think I have him in one of my leagues, but he turned it on last year. And I and I talk about the hockey rise again, real quick. I wrote an article about saying he is he could be the next Jordan Stall 2.0. Not captain. A couple people, people asked me about it. No, not captain wise. Just his skill set. His skill set could make him another Jordan Stall 2.0. Not to go on a tangent during our tangent, but <laughs> even when he wasn't almost a point of game player in the second half, that first half before Andre got injured, he his name didn't appear on the score sheet, but he was centering Svechnikov and Natchez, who were at that point still point of game players. Mm-hmm. They were destroying it. He was steering them up. He was getting them in the good positions, and they were rocking and rolling. And then. Once he wasn't able to do that because Svechnikov's made of tissue paper. I'm just kidding, Andre. I'm sorry. I love you. Um, yeah, yeah, him going down didn't help. Of course, you were trying to figure out who to put on the second line. And now, yeah. like, basically, like what happened the first line all of last year, they couldn't figure out who was going to be on. Basically, the top two left wing spots were just a constant rotation of who could work here. Once he didn't have the opportunity to just feed Svech, he popped out on his own. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what you need from him. If you're not going to appear on the score sheet, but your line mates are, I'm fine with it. But the second they aren't, I expect you to do something. Which, and luckily for us, he did. And I and with this thing we got to talk about too. Last season was his first full season on the second line. The year before, he was yeah. on the fourth line. So that was huge for him coming from constant just fourth line all year. Comes up to the second line after Trocheck. They Trocheck left for the Rangers. Everyone knew he was going to be the second line center. He comes in, slow start, 
It happens. You're getting, you're getting used to more minutes in, in a new spot on the roster, but then he figures it out, and look where he's at now. Now you're getting a full you're getting a full second season on the second line, albeit now you got Tara Vina back, but everyone thought it was going to be Seshikov. But even then, they they looked really good in the first in the, against Ottawa. So I mean, you get a second full season with KK as your center, Nietzsche's on the right hand side, and you know everyone's hoping that he stays consistent, and has another great year again. I don't see how KK doesn't do a good job, and that just shows you how good the scouting system is for the Hurricanes, for the pros, and for the amateurs in the draft. They do their due diligence. Derek Tolsky, Donald Waddell, and that whole group, they know how to scout. They know how to find talent. is the new litmus test. Not gatekeeping here, but they were casual hockey fans, and then they were the ones that were reading – the game notes and the <laughs> those are the ones that are watching a random CBJ game on a Thursday because there was no other hockey game on. There's a difference in the fan base, and there's no disrespect if you're casual. But Kakanyemi is a new litmus test because if you're saying, oh, Kakanyemi isn't any good, why is he the second line center? I can instantly go, oh, you don't know. Okay. And then I can adjust how I talk to you. Like I can, I can, I can drop down to your level. But Kak and Yimmy is the new litmus test in the same way that Jordan Stahl was a litmus test for a very long time. Because a lot of people said, well, Jordan Stahl is over, uh, overpaid. He needs to be traded. He doesn't belong here. Yeah, and then two, if, two, but three, if you were watching it, you were like, uh, Jordan Stahl's great. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, well, and, Rod, and Rod said it all the time, too. It's like, it, it, as long as you're doing your job, which is stopping the other team from scoring, winning – defensive zone draws on the penalty kill or just in general you're shutting down the best players on the other team Connor mcdavid leon Connor mcdavid last year finally scored for the first time against the canes best player in the whole league finally figured it out against carolina for a goal as long as you're doing your job that's what rod wants you to do and that's what jordan stall has done and that's why everyone loves jordan stall and mike and shane talked about on canes cast i referenced them a lot because i mean it's Mike and Shane. Players on other teams, when they ask who is tough, who who is the, one of the toughest guys to play against in the league, and they mention Carolina or just in general, Jordan Stahl is the name they they choose because he is that tough to play against. And all of our other centers that we have in this organization, they take Vasons, they 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 train with him on faceoffs to get their offense, their faceoff game better because that's how good he is. It's not all about the score sheet. It's the it's the it's the little things that don't on appear a, on the score sheet. On a different part of Jordan too, the past two or three seasons, he's also appeared on the score sheet a lot more. He's not getting he fun goals, but it's like eighteen. I think he's literally got eighteen the past two seasons. Yeah, which for your third line center, spectacular! Like that's it's above and beyond. And plus, the last couple seasons, he's had some really fantastic like dangles to score some of these goals. Like that Wednesday night, that was Ottawa. Jordan, I always forget Jordan Stahl has a sneaky backhand until he scores off it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you can do that. He did it in Pittsburgh. That's the crazy yeah. part. People forgot he did it in Pittsburgh. I forget what other game it was last year where like, he kind of had to turn around. Like he was like, he got behind the defense, kind of had to turn around, gather the puck, still be able to turn around and like, Juke the goalie and still scored. He did it last year too, and that's the thing. It, it blows my mind that people forget that Jordan Salt can score. 
Yeah. He's done a lot the last few years, and that's why that third line of Stahl, Faust, and now it's Jordan Martinuk, they are the most shut-down line in the league. Jordan Stahl ranks seventh uh, in Hurricanes history for goals. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, he's also two He's two points shy of 400 as a Hurricane. I'm just saying. And again, his he is not supposed to be the goal scorer. He was never brought here to be mm-hmm. the goal scorer. Nope, he was the second line center because his brother was the first line center. Yep, he, he's the captain. He's been the captain for a reason, and he's okay with being the third line guy because he because he does his job. He he knows that his job is to shut the other team down, and that's what he does best. He is now tying his brother for the most seasons in Carolina, twelve, I believe, twelve. Yeah, I think Cam has it. I think he already overtook Jordan. Uh, Eric, I think he's going against Cam now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They started oh, the yeah, same season, and then Cam stayed longer. That's we actually yeah, forget because I think there was one of our trivia questions when we had you on for the draft. I think we talked about that. We had you on. We were doing a thing. Are you talking about the all-time fantasy draft that I won? Fan voted. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Just with 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 forty something percent recent. Yeah, players. I dominated, which is I did not Ooh. feel very confident, but. Yeah, yeah, because Catfish took all your number one picks and you still won with 47 percent with your backup picks. That should be saying something. And I still think it's recency bias because you had a lot of current cans. <laughs> I did. I had. Fran- I don't remember. I had Francis Deneen. I think I had Roberts. There was a lot of. There, you know what it was? Is that it was fan service for older fans and newer fans because the old guys got to be like, oh my god, Deneen. Yeah, that team. And then the new yeah. guys got to be, I don't even know who I picked that was reason, but someone. Yeah. Especially yeah. But, so I was like, oh, look, it's Fetch. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, either way, I know we're on a long tangent. We, this episode could end like 20 minutes ago, but I just, us but we got sentimental right and Cock and Yimmy's the best and John Stahl's the best. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I think we're just kind of riffing right now because it's, you know, we got a long road trip coming up. It's just, you kind of get nostalgic, you know talking about the team and stuff like that and just talk about certain players so it's well, you know what? it's fine at the start of a season so I, yeah, other gotta, fans don't they're just not as good of a fan as i am clearly <laughs> oh my gosh talk about gay that is a joke there. please not in <laughs> colin madewell on x twitter <laughs> that's not it's not my handle thank you yeah no i know go ahead and tweet a colin madewell do whatever yeah. you want <laughs> see well i said it right the first time i'm gonna see if people caught it for the for the other one, but uh, either way, I'm excited for the season. I'm glad we're kind of here. With, that offseason lasted way longer than it needed to, but game one got out of the way. It does. But, you know what? Game one's out of the way. There was chaos. It was cause. I, great hashtag. It's so good. It's not Let's Go Canes. It's not Let's Go Oilers like everyone else. It's, it's actually unique. The graphics are great. The videos are great. It's just okay. risking another tangent. What I like, people don't realize that Take Warning has been elevated to cause chaos because it's no longer Take Warning. You know, Ooh, I coming. love that. You know who we are. We're oh, just coming to cause chaos, and I don't, I, I don't feel that like everyone was, understands that. That was fantastic. That was so good. Look at you. I so. imagine that's what the marketing team was thinking because it's the I first mean, time it, I saw it. I was like, oh, "What an upgrade!" Yeah. I mean, it's Dan Latarocki and his crew. I mean, are we really so right? I mean, they're 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 just good. They're yeah, it's. What do you? Oh, you want one quick question before we let you go and before we do all that? Before what do you think we, of the, It's well, just you and me. It's we. <laughs> I what do you think? What, what, what do you? Cat? What do you think of the new app that the Hurricanes 
Um, I love the app. I, I, I was part of the beta back in the day. It's great. It's it's I, amazing. I wasn't lucky it, enough, it, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have friends yeah. in medium places. <laughs> uh, Don't tell Mike that. <laughs> it wasn't Mike, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they knew that the NHL was going to be updating their app and it was going to be awful, <sighs> but perfect timing. The because I went so from occasionally too. using the NFL, uh, the NHL app, to deleting it off my phone. Um, but the app is amazing, and it's it's convenient if you're not in Raleigh. But if you're going to Canes games, if you're a season ticket member, yeah. it is incredible. You yeah, can store no. your parking passes in there. By the way, prepay for parking. That's how you get in faster. Anyways, uh, you can oh, yeah, basically do, yeah. do anything with your season tickets. You can do in the app. You yeah. can shop. You can get specific player profiles. Like they, it's so they cool how they did that too. It's so cool how they did that. They like made actual it numbers and players to keep yeah. track of everything. Yeah, which is Wall- which is goal. Like nice job, wow. Yeah, and also you know the wallpapers on there too. If you're if you're a wallpaper yeah. person, you can find them there too. The, the stats are amazing. Like I said, the way they do the numbers and then they get the player, not just the headshot, but like the actual like the full player. And as you move it, it like pops out. It's great. It's they did they yeah. did an amazing job. Yeah, the, like the minute Dan told us when we had him on that they had an app, because I kind of I knew about the beta, but I didn't know if it was actually out out yet. But then Dan told us on the episode while we were recording with them, I actually went onto my phone, downloaded it, got rid of the NHL app, and put the Hurricanes one on my you know on the bottom of the phone where you got like the four spots at the very bottom where it's like messages, emails music and whatever i put the hurricanes app right there at the bottom next to spotify because i mean it's an app i'm going to use all the time and the great thing like with the radio thing you can just click radio instantly comes on again it's just the, they made it easier to be a fan which is cool. it is, yeah and you can get the standings there stats like the fact yeah, that you, you can still need, track the league through the yeah. hurricanes app yeah like you don't need the whole league app now you got a hurricanes app that actually works it's not bugged it's not slow it's not doesn't give you random pop-ups or it's something that's super late it's pretty much on time like wednesday night i was just getting notifications as they were scoring goals and it was it wasn't 20 minutes later or something got bugged and messed up so no i'm sorry guys i don't i don't i didn't enable notifications but (laughs) i know when they score i'm watching (laughs) true it's for me sometimes i might it's just a random thing. I always just keep it on because just in case, because sometimes I might miss a, a goal trying to tweet out some, See, some the, information. The difference yeah. between me then is that I would get really upset if it was an away game and I'm sitting at home and I'm delayed for whatever reason. And then I find out on my phone that they scored rather than getting to watch the play. Yeah. That's why I do it. I don't yeah, want to know. Also well, and sometimes too, I, you, you kind of, I sometimes miss like who got the assist and stuff. So I can go back and be like, okay, oh, yeah. this guy got the assist. Because just so to keep track of stuff, so I kind of mainly just use that to keep track of who did what. Because you know you can only catch it on the on TV at a certain point. But yeah, no, I think the Hurricanes knocked it out of the park with the app, just like they do with the graphics and the videos and everything else. It's just Dan and that crew did it so um, good. A lot of haters of Tom Dundon, as the years have passed, as things have improved, as the mm-hmm. people he's brought in have made things better. How yep. often you hear someone talk about Tom Dundon? Because Go he's, off of purely what he's done here in Carolina. You have nothing to complain about. You have nothing if, to complain if, about this organization. If I hear someone say that the Hurricanes are cheap, I want to. I want to be like, explain to me how they're cheap. Again, Please it's another explain. litmus test. 
It's yep. another lib- – oh, you don't pay attention. That's fine. Not everyone pays attention to the whole league. I'm fine with that. You're just so wrong. Like, you just, you've missed so many things. Yeah. Yeah, it's just – you're not paying attention. It shows. But you know what? It's fine. It's cool. No worries. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. But honestly, I'd be it's – embarrassed to be that wrong. But whatever. <laughs> But Colin, this was so much fun. I, I appreciate you coming out the last minute. Like this turn, we were like, oh, we'll get this episode done in an hour. Almost two hours later, we're still just. Yeah, it's best to say it's two hours long. But you know, <laughs> I, I think people will like the last what half hour of the show, yeah. maybe a little bit longer. As soon as Cat left, it was incredible. So I don't. Know <laughs> I know she's not going to listen to this, so no one tell her. Or better yet, Zach, don't tell her, and we'll wait to see who tells her first. My money is one of the fancy duck boys. It's either gonna, it's probably gonna be Howie. It's gonna be Howie or Alex. I'm gonna put my money on them, but I want, I want to be surprised if Moose said something too, though. It's one of the fancy duck boys. I know they're gonna say, it. and in fact, I even mentioned them. I think they're actually gonna do it for sure because you know those guys also, love those chaos. You dropped them like five times this episode. They win yeah. you beak. What's going on? <laughs> Hey, you know, checking in the good graces of those guys because, man, they were giving it to me during the Canes countdown. Like, even, like, no matter who I posted, oh, you forgot this guy. I'm like, you know what? I can't win with you guys. Just whatever. <laughs> but, you know what? They, they do a lot of great stuff. Even they got Jules now doing videos and graphics for them as well. It's a great group. Even if you're not following Fancy Duck Boys, do it. It's a great account. But, Colin, like I said, thank you Co-sign, so much for coming. By the way, sorry, keep going. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but, like I said, thank you so much for coming. I know it was last minute. Um, thank you for staying on for so long, just talking about, you know, our favorite team in all sports. I mean, hockey's the best and the Hurricanes are the best. So, I mean, it's always a good time talking about these guys. Because yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I guess yeah. thanks for thinking of me. Um, I know you had your choices and you chose me. Might have chosen wrong, but it's too late now. <laughs> he have chosen poorly. <laughs> if you if you've seen if you've seen Indiana Jones, you get not the, the good ones, the first three. We don't talk about oh the other two, but I haven't seen the I haven't seen the, the latest one yet. I've heard there's mixed reviews. So I'm, I'm gonna stick to the original three that I grew up on. We'll go from there. But Colin, before we let you go, where can people find you and your amazing podcast and your amazing writings? Well, I have been reading those. Very good. I am really enjoying those. Yeah, some of it's good. Anyways, um, <laughs> so my baby, my child, uh, is at least until I have an actual one, is Home Ice Advantage, a podcast that can be found anywhere you can find quality podcasts. Uh, I've changed my format just this season to where instead of doing like one to two 30 minute episodes a week, I'm doing a ton basically whenever something pops in my mind. Short, mm-hmm. like I've had eight minute episodes, 12 minute episodes recently um on a single subject like uh when is andre going to return um how is the power play going to look stuff like that uh, it's a yeah. lot of fun people seem to enjoy it I, I mean i mean who do you think you are do you think your storm report that you can just do shorter episodes now you know what actually <laughs> i had i had talked i had i had thought about this all off season because i wanted to change it up because honestly um when you're doing the once a week thing, as you'll know, you'll be mm-hmm. thinking about it the entire time. And you're like, I'm, I want yep. to talk about this, that, and the third. And by the time you get there, you're like, wait, what did I want to talk about again? Yeah, or like there's a million things that have already happened before yeah. that. So that's why yeah. this show or is like an, that's why this show's worse, an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, yeah. even worse is when I've outlined an entire episode. I've got sound bites downloaded. Everything's great. 
And then, like, breaking news, Andre's fetched a cough injury. And he's like, well, my entire episode has to be about this now. It's away <laughs> the entire thing. Right. Um, yeah, so yeah. the short-form episodes uh, found right. people enjoy them. Five stars, best friends, that stuff. Um, and then... Add, oh, add uh, to your rotation. Add to your rotation of Hurricanes. Oh, I, I, I steal it from them. I, I steal it from them and don't credit them. I do not care. It's not even. It's not a Mike Maniscalco thing. It was a Michael Smith thing. And if Michael Smith <laughs> wants to message me to tell me not to steal his things, I just be like, "Hey, man, how you doing? You doing well?" Like, um, <laughs> anyways, I do also write. Um, your only true independent hockey writer in Raleigh at Kane'sHomeIce.com. Um, it's. Getting I mean, better. You're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. You are. Everyone else works for big corporations. I'm just saying, I don't work for a big corporation. I'm just, trust me, the Hurricanes have told me that I don't work for a for a nationally syndicated affiliate. I am well aware. Uh, but I I write. It's good. Apparently, people seem to like it. People are clicking on it. Yeah, you um, know, you know, it's. I'm it's, trying it's, not it's, to boast here because I don't like boasting, but uh, it's a breeze. People complimented it's, it's, it's me a, on it. It's a breezy there, read. There was a comma in most of the reads. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, uh, though also again, short reads, I'm big on the short consumable content mm-hmm. rather than having to read a, uh, 20 minute story on whatever. Although again, working on the long-term history, long form history story that we'll get back to later. Um, and then follow me online, I guess, uh, Colin home ice on Twitter at Kane's home ice, literally anywhere else you want to look me up. Yeah, de- definitely must follow for that. Definitely must read everything else in the podcast and all that great stuff. So Definitely have to check uh, Colin out for that. So uh, if you want to check out the network, THPN, uh, it's the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find blogs. You can find podcasts for every team in the NHL. We even got a college hockey podcast. Terry Ryan from Shores, he's got a podcast with the network. So anything and everything you're looking at, they got in there. Make sure to check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Uh, if you want to find the Searchcast itself, we are on X, Instagram, and YouTube, all at the Searchcast. I know on Instagram and X, we have link trees in our bios where you can find the podcast to listen to it and check out other things as well. Um, if you want to follow Cat, it's KBT Hunter seventy four on TikTok, Instagram, and X. Uh, for Bailey, she is Bailey Lynn Curtis on Instagram, and it's Bailey with two Y's Curtis on X. I've done this episode so many times with them. I can do theirs by heart now, which is I was about to say mad respect, although I think it's Bailey Lee Cordis, not Lynn Cordis. Ah, yeah. She'll be I'm not even a co-host. I'm just a fan. She'll she'll Hi. she'll be uh, she'll be she'll be DMing you about how you're so wrong about that. Um <laughs> Is it? Is it Lynn? Uh, yeah, it's Bailey Lynn Curtis, yeah. No, really? I I this entire time I thought it was Lynn. I mean, Lee. See, Dom. Anyways, well, let's wrap um, this up. We need to get out of here. Yeah. Um. You can, oh, uh, for Bailey, you also follow her Colorado Eagles stuff at FPH Eagles on X. Uh, that is the AHL affiliate of the Colorado Avalanche. For me, you can find me at One True Zach on tw- on X. That's One True Zach. It's spelled out. It's not the number itself. Zach Armourn twenty two on Instagram. A lot more of the hobby stuff mixed with D and D music. There is some hockey is there. Well, so it's just you know, a bunch of plethora of things i like to put out there on my stories and stuff like that um i also cover hockey with field pass hockey that's fps swamp rabbits which is the greenville swamp rabbits team of the la kings organization and i'm also at the hockey writers where i cover the carolina hurricanes and i also manage the Substack, which is our newsletter that goes out every wednesday and saturday with every article that came out within those set amount of days if you want to subscribe and check that out as well oh 
Wow, that is a lot break. of cement, man. God. Two. You got to do for three co-hosts and the podcast. I usually just do it for myself. Should I do it for everybody? Goodness gracious. I'm going to go get a, <laughs> half a, I'm gonna get a glass of water after that. But, Colin, like I said, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me tonight. This was a lot of fun. Definitely need to get you back on soon because it's, it's always good to have you on the podcast. Yeah. So, like I said, thank you so much, man. This was a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm only gonna say one more. Yep. Okay. Just, that's right. <laughs> Let's now. get out of here. Yep. All right, but until next time, which is I think it's gonna be the 22nd after the five games on the West Coast slash Mountain Time, we will have another episode out on the 22nd. But until then, I'm Zach Martin. That's Colin Madewell. And we'll see you here next time.